Welcome into the Chemistry Podcast, episode number 278, baby. Fueled by First Form. Yoink. Get on that First Form app, Patty. Yeah, no shit. No shit. Get on that <laughs> Start app. Start taking some of that level one. I've been doing the protein quite a lot as of late. Oh, Turn apologize. that off. It's a holiday today. Turn that off, dude. And uh, President's Day. Who's your favorite president? Um, man, that is a great question. There's a bunch of them. There are. There's a bunch of bad ones, too. And I like some that would maybe um, – some would look at it as controversial. Uh, a lot of other people would say, hell, yeah, he was a great president. Ooh. Like a recent president? No, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, I like a lot of – I like Abraham Lincoln. I like the history of Abraham Lincoln, dude. You know, Everybody does. But no, I know. Well, name me another one. <laughs> George Washington, obviously. George – no. He's cool George shit. Washington He's was a, a shit kicker, dude. fucking shit kicker, dude. Yeah. He's six foot two. He's got all fake. Was he six two? Yes, and that was gigantic back in the day. Mm-hmm. Fake horse teeth. Mm-hmm. He gathered together just a bunch of farmers, mm-hmm. and they shit kicked the, the Brits, man. Yeah, they did, and and they had to be strategic. They had to do like kind of guerrilla warfare, yeah. not just stand there like I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. Gonna, no, they had to sneak around the woods and go across the Delaware on Christmas. Let me give you a couple of and, sh- and 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 things like that. George Washington was unbelievable, mm-hmm. and he was intimidating, dude. Big time. I really liked um, Ronald Reagan a lot. Big time. Yeah. You know, Reagan was like a president when I was growing up, too, he man. Was a, he, he was, was a uh, Hollywood actor. Hollywood actor. Yeah. Um, and I like Barack Obama, man. I thought I thought, I thought, thought Barack was cool, man. Now, I, you can talk about his foreign policy and all that type of shit, but no, like... He, he, not, he killed I, more people with drones than anybody. Yeah, okay. And well, you know how many people yeah, he, he sent back from the Mexican border? Yeah. yeah. Millions. No one mm. even thinks about that. Barack Obama... Everybody's like, oh, Trump does all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama killed more people yeah. with drones than any other president, of course, all over the place, fucking dropping bombs all through the the uh, the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, he sent back millions mm-hmm. of fucking I thought you were going like, to illegal... make fun of me for saying that. Well, Barack Obama did divide the country, in my opinion, in a lot of ways. He and... could have brought everybody together, but he right. brought racism up way more and way more. Yeah. And I think it did divide the country. It created some of that. And Trump and did a people... lot of that too, man. You know that. And, and, yeah. And people got sick of it. And so that's why they wanted to go with Trump. Mm-hmm. But Teddy Roosevelt, look him up. He's cool. Dude. The toughest son of a bitch ever, Teddy Roosevelt. He was a hunter. He would he would like think about what we talk about being stuck out in the middle of you know the woods when mm-hmm. it's freezing cold and stuff like that. Like that's the guy you want to be around. John Adams is another one, man. Oh, so tell me about John Adams. John Adams, dude. Holy shit, dude. He had to do a lot of work, a lot of work to get everything together in that particular time in the 1700s, mm-hmm. man, to get this nation going. He was a front runner of that. Traveling everywhere, doing this, and all the meetings. Yeah. John Adams. John F. Kennedy. Kennedy was cool. He's cool. Although he fucked up a couple of times. Cuban Missile Crisis and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. JFK was smashing women like you can't believe. <laughs> he was bringing fucking women in. His lovely wife was right there. He would walk past his wife. No. With women. Go into their like secret like swimming pool. Jackie? Yeah, Jackie. Yes. And she was awesome. Jackie had it going on, dude. Poor, that poor woman went through a lot. And then she's there when he gets fucking his head blown off. Oh like, my God, God damn, dude. So it, there's, there's a lot. Why did they do that? Why, 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 why were they? There's a lot why, of speculation. They, uh, uh, there's a lot of speculation. Assassinate him. Maybe the Russians had something to do with it. CIA, people say, have some Jack Ruby. Where'd he come from? All of a sudden, you're going to fucking kill this guy after, before he goes on trial? Your boy Tucker's taking more wow. heat for the interview. It was not. Tucker? Yeah. I mean. I, I didn't mind it. No, because it was different. Yeah, it was just different. It was like interesting. It was different. No, he talked about the... uh, But I think journalists are like, dude, you kind of like... Oh, really? What are they doing? Which journalists are saying that? Your journalists? Who have they interviewed? 
Who? Wallace. Wallace? You know Wallace. Who? The guy he was on Fox News and then I think he moved over Chris to the Wallace? Yeah, Chris Wallace. Oh, he fuck was a he was a moderator. He was a moderator fucking for Chris Wallace is he a was, fucking remember, joke. Remember moderator for a couple of the presidential yeah. debates. So you're taking his word for no, it? No, like, I'm just you asked me who. Listen, if he's gonna, one of them. If you you he called him a, a puppy dog. No offense, puppy dog. He's the one that went over to Russia and sat with a fucking hardcore dude for two two and a half hours. Like I don't mind that. You know who's a shit kicker? Who, what question should he have asked? I'm sorry. Um, about like killing innocent people. He did. Did he? Yeah. And don't think that doesn't happen over here. You don't be naive. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm not. Don't be dude. naive. I'm not. Now in Russia, you'll, your fucking private plane is going to blow up if you try to run a coup well, against yeah, Russia. Yeah. But it's rightfully so. But like people are falling off of buildings. Another guy just passed away in jail, passed away in jail in Russia too, who went against... Um, of course, Russia and Putin. Really? Forgot his name, but but uh, he passed away too, which is really sketchy. It's sketchy over there, but it does show that their economy's still thriving. Mm-hmm. Russia's economy's thriving, and they are winning that war. But there's a lot of they, poor people in Russia too. Of course, right? there is. Go to Moscow and see how beautiful it is. It's oh, gorgeous, beautiful city. It's gorgeous. One of the Every, most, even the, one your, of the most beautiful Europe, transits. It's, it, it, you feel like you're the most beautiful European city I know. ever. Now you go. Over to like where fucking Malkin's from and stuff like that, which is all industrial stuff. Would I want to live in Russia? Hell no. Nah. Would I even want to go to Russia? Hell no. But it is interesting to see how the, the way of life in this war is uh, affecting them. And I don't think it's affecting them that bad. But we got rocked with a snowstorm. I'm not going to lie to you. And I don't mean to bitch because I know there's so many Canadians out there, which we love. And you guys deal with this every day. But in St. Louis, is fucked, man. They underestimated a sto- snowstorm last Friday. Oh. Jesus, did they underestimate that? I remember watching. I went watching local news. I had my radio show. I get there at six o'clock in the morning. I'm watching the news because I know Andy and I had to do something. And they're like, "Ah, it's going to be an inch." A dusting, a a dusting, a light dusting. They said a dusting. I know. And I'm like, we're having like a massive ice storm. I've never seen so many car accidents. Oh. On the road at once. I mean that, man. Yeah. Like driving. It was bad. I had to. I had a bunch of shit to to do that day, even before I even came here. And I'm I'm picking people up and doing this and doing that everywhere I'm going, dude. It's like chaos. One ambulance, fire truck trying to get to a car accident, traffic jams everywhere, people off the road. That's two storms in a row. They underestimated. Usually in Missouri, they overestimated everything. Mm-hmm. They call off schools. Yeah, the nothing opposite. happened. Now they're probably like, well, we need to save money on salt. I remember getting up that morning, going to going to uh, the station for radio, and I don't see one MoDOT, Missouri of, of Transportation. I do not see one MoDOT salting anything. Mm. And then I leave there. It's chaos, sleet, Are they taking heat? Ice. I think so, a little bit. Well, the weather people, they 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 messed it up too. I'm sorry, they didn't salt the roads Mm -hmm. until the shit was coming down. Mm -hmm. They could have got on that earlier. You know salt's bad for your car, by the way. God awful. It's god awful You know what they use in uh, like high elevations, like mountain towns, where they get a shit ton of snow? What's up? Cinder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is it better for your car? Yeah, it is. That's fine. Yeah. Is it more expensive? I don't know. That's That's the question. You know how much salt you have to spend? On all these roads. Yeah. And St. Louis is very spread apart, and there's a ton of highways. And so is that, a, you know, is that a factor? But you got to think, too. This, there's two times this year that you needed to salt the roads. Mm-hmm. So it's like you only have a little bit left of, of winter. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, don't, you know, don't uh, underestimate something, when you, especially when you have – you haven't even used your salt. You have a lot piled yeah. up. Put that fucking shit down. Way out by me, it was chaos, man. Mm. 
complete chaos. I almost called you because you know, like if I if I make a mistake on the air or something like that, you know how I can't sleep for like days. Yeah, and days. which is dumb. So did you hear me fuck up? Yeah, you didn't even say anything to me about it. No. So you're trying to say something about somebody on the ra- on the Dude, air. So it was I'm, fine. You're okay. fine. It really That's wasn't that bad no. when you watched it live. No, when you're interviewing, I, what's I his interviewed name? Jeff Shen. Yeah. Which by the way, Braden's like, dude, you got to stop talking to my dad. He's like, I'm like, well, he he loves it. He, I, I ask him, you're playing against. I go, Braden, if your kids are playing in the NHL one day, playing against Luke's son, Lukey was hitting guys too. I know he was. I was like, you, you'd want to celebrate that too. Yeah. So Jeff Shen, Rita Shen, I'll give them a shot. Because like, he gets it probably like whatever, like, you know, my dad. I love Braden. I know, Braden's the I love best. both of those And guys. I had Luke on in the postgame show too. I don't know if you saw that. It was yep. an awesome interview. Man. He was great. You did good. Dude. You did like, good. Um, but Jeff and Rita Shen, I'll give them a shout out, man. What were you trying to say? When Jeff's, you... I, I'll tell you, but Jeff's a shit kicker too. Is he? Luke and uh, Braden's dad. Yeah, he's cool. Firefighter for a long time yeah. in Saskatoon, dude. And uh, you tell they're from Saskatoon. And they're awesome, man. So they're always up for like an in-game interview, man. And obviously when you pl- when Braden plays against Luke, it's a great storyline. Braden on the pregame, Jeff Shen during the game, Luke on the postgame. So we kind of covered it all. So anyway, so I was in a box and a, and – it's like the Blues family box, and they were like it was like a birthday party for one of the kids, and uh, so Nathan Walker's daughter was turning four, and her name was. They were like right before I went on, it was like, hey, hey shout give out, give her Winta was her name. I couldn't fucking remember. So what, Winta? <laughs> I couldn't. So Australian it's a beautiful, name. beautiful Australian name. I mean, it's I a could, cute name, but dude, I was like, uh, it didn't sound that bad. You think I'm going to fucking text you for that? Do I ever do that? Do I ever text you when you're no, working? No, but like, never. I thought you would have said, no, what the fuck no, happened? No, because I'm not a dick. I'll chirp you on here, man. But yeah. when you're working, I don't want to rattle you. Yeah. Why would I want to do that? So that rattled me, though. I was like, See, fuck, that's the difference I between never, me and him, just yeah. so everybody oh, knows. I'd call, I would call Cam And he would have right called away. me out, and I'm like stressed out already. Like, you, you saw me. Oh, everybody's <laughs> chirping. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that to so, you. I'm not going to do that to you. It's one of those situations, though, but I didn't get really chirped on Twitter about it. No, like, you're n- fine. Nobody don't said worry anything. About stupid shit. You no, know, like but I don't like making those type of mistakes. So it's it was good. it was early in the game. I had a lot more shit to do the rest of the game. So I felt like I was able to recover. It's all good. It's a petty thing. If anybody chirps you, that's so a you could tell joke. that I kind of like. No, you're trying to think of the name and you forgot. Who cares? It's petty, dude. Normally, petty. I just send it. I would never even do it, but it was it's like petty. For one of the players, you think I was going to text you and chirp you about that? I don't do that. Thought you would have said, "Hey, never." Did you? When you did okay? I ever do that? Did you just? I only did compliment you. Just pass you. out on the air. I only compliment you. I'm not going to throw that at you unless you said something really stupid. Yeah, but the interview was fine with Jeff. He was great. Totally cool. Should have just sent good. it back to John Kelly. It's all no shit. Back to you, John. It's all good. Well, that's what I normally do. But I'm like trying to like hook up the uh, winter. I, speaking of uh, the blues, I do think um, I'm surprised, and I love Benner. Jordan Bennington, and he's taking a beating right now. I was just listening to the NHL Network, and guys are chirping pretty good because people don't like him. Correct. But he, they, but he, if you know him, he's a fucking awesome guy. Awesome. Dude. I mean, awesome dude. Yeah. And people in St. Louis love him, and they'll fucking die for him. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't get a couple games. Again, using the weapon, he knew what he was doing. So anyway, after the uh, Nashville, which is a big game, Blues are playing Nashville. Nashville just gets their ass kicked by Dallas the night before. Matt Duchesne scores a couple goals in that game, I think. Has a good game. Goes out and plays guitar at Tootsie's all night and plays Morgan Wallen music. So he kind of, like, did his thing. Yeah. So Nashville's pissed. They're right behind the Blues, just trying to find a playoff spot, man. Trying to get into the playoffs. And at the end of that game, the Blues are losing. 
I forgot who was cruising around in that chasing Scandella. Was, uh, who was it? Because uh, he scored on a, on a breakaway earlier in the it? game. And I who was, was it? Luke Evangelista. Okay. What up, Luke? So Luke, he's coming around, and Benner just knows he's there and kind of uh, uh, butt put in. a butt end right yeah. into his mouth. Didn't cut him open, but that was deliberate. He and caught I, him. He, and anybody out there who was like, I got some text messages, they were like, he did not do Anybody who thinks he did this on purpose, well, like, of course he did it. You are purpose. a naive little bitch <laughs> if you don't think. I'll, I'll repeat, naive little bitch if you don't think fucking Benner knew. That he was coming. You could sense and, everything. And it's Jordan Bennington. He's not going to get the benefit of the doubt. But listen, I, I had a long talk with him before the season, even during the season. He's like been he, good. He, it, this is, it's been calculated that he's been good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he didn't like being chirped you know, after last season and whatever. Yeah. You know, But if right you were a goaltender having that defense in front of you last year, you probably would have snapped too. So he lost his cool on a couple of occasions. Man, he's a fiery guy. Doesn't bother me. People celebrate Ron Hextall and Billy Smith and all these guys for playing like that forever. I don't mind it. So you know what? He's played unbelievable this season. He's been one of the best goalies in the league. Probably not even getting enough credit because, you know, of where the Blues are in the standings right now, even though they're in a playoff spot. But they're in a playoff spot primarily because of him. You know what I mean? So he had his one little sl- – it's all good, man. I, if, I, if I'm a teammate of Jordan Bennington, like, he's got to find that happy medium. You don't need him to be the choir boy, but you don't want him losing his cool and, and becoming unglued all the time either. So he's just got to find, hey, listen, they're losing the game. He just, that was his moment. It's all good. As long as he's able to turn the page and then all the, and, and, just and don't get suspended. And don't do that on a regular basis. Don't get suspended. Don't get suspended yeah, like Morgan all. Riley did, exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Just, we need you. Yes. The Leafs need Morgan Riley, although know, they're dominating right now. What too. a great story. So I, I talked to Ryan O'Reilly before the game. And then I talked to Barry Trotz. I'll give Trotz a shout out. Man. Love him. After the game, we talked for a long time. Awesome, awesome guy. And uh, first year's GM, man, you know, with the uh, Nashville Predators. I'll never forget when he came on the podcast. I just randomly asked him, so Would you, do you ever want to be a GM member? He was yeah. like, maybe. And then all of a sudden, he's like, became he the general manager. Oh, yeah, of course he, he knew. knew. And I knew, too. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what? Um, so for months, the Nashville Predators who are playing in Vegas in the next game after St. Louis. They had a plan as a team to go out to Vegas after after the St. Louis game. It was an afternoon game against St. Louis. They were going to get out there early. They had it all lined up, Cam. The U2 tickets in the sphere. They were doing all this shit. So they get thumped 9-2 yeah. to by the Dallas Stars. Trotz cancels the Vegas trip, dude. There you go. Or at least, you know. Getting out there and all the festivities. Fuck you. And he's like, hey, you guys want to have all the fucking glitz and glamour and all this other stuff? Well, you got to take care of what you need to take care of on the ice. Even though they've got veteran guys who are grown men, who are established, who are winners. Guys like O'Reilly, guys like Luke Shen. I love Philip Forsberg, man. I obviously love Roman Yossi. You know, UC Soros has been around for a long time. Damn good goal. So, you know, they've got a lot of pieces there. But he's establishing his ground, man. And, Good. And I looked at it a couple different ways. I'm curious your take. Was that the right move? Or if you're Andrew Brunette, do you call in the leadership team prior to the game against St. Louis and be like, listen, they want to pull this trip off the table. You guys better come out and bust your fucking ass today. If you don't, we're not going to Vegas after the game. We're going back to Nashville and we're practicing. And the GM's serious about this. So how you guys want to handle it? Or do you think it was the right move just to pull the plug, man? I mean, grown men, they want to have a party and do their thing. I'm just curious your take on it. That's going to set you back. 
It's going to set you back if you go party in Vegas. You better fucking deserve it. Yeah. That's my opinion. Okay. You better deserve it. Because I was wondering going into the game. You are a fringe playoff team. You need to get in. I was wondering going into the game how Nashville was going to respond. Were they going to be pissed off and be like, like, was that going to give them they, they, motivation to put forth a better effort, or was it going to take that away? Because, like, what's the motivation? We already have to go back to Nashville. We can't even go to Vegas now. Now we got to go back to Nashville. What's the motivation? The motivation is getting to make the, the playoffs. Yes, man. that's the motivation. Yeah, they, they, you want to be in a spotlight. You make. They the got playoffs. off to a rough start. Yeah, and then they just got red hot, and that's why they're in the position they're in right now because they had that run. And uh, they're only a couple points out of a playoff spot, man. But they got a good team. I'm all for partying. You know, I'm yeah. a party guy, yeah. dude. Like, yeah. I would have been fucking pissed, But you keep losing 9-2 to two at home. Lo- at home? With the guy on... Listen, here, here's why... See, I just wonder, like, if you're Barry Trotz, man, you made the decision to, uh, to buy out Matt Duchesne, right? You're trying to clean up the whatever. It's like addition whatever by subtraction. Yeah. So whatever was going on inside that room, I'm not going to sit here and say Duchesne was a bad guy. He's doing his thing with Dallas right now and been around for a long time. But they bought him out, man. He's a good player, and they bought him out. He had a great season the year before. They got rid of Johansson. And this guy comes to Nashville, beats your team after being bought out 9-2, to two, scores a couple of goals, and then goes and puts on a show at Tootsie's across the street. Playing Morgan Wallen. After he's been bought out. It's pretty cool. And shoves, a, it up, shoves it up Nashville's ass. Yeah. Like, you're going to buy me out? I'm going to score and then put a concert on a concert in your on. town. In your town. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That's pretty cool to do. If, if you have that ability to score two goals in the NHL and then go put on a concert at Tootsie's, you're you, pretty cool. You're man. pretty cool. Yeah. I'll give you that 100%. Yeah. I don't know if he's a good team in or I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? I'm but, not going to We shouldn't say that he's not. Hey, you know what? I'm going to give another shout out. Yeah. And I, people chirp us for the shout outs because they say we need a. I don't know what the fuck they say. It doesn't matter. I'm going to give a shout out. PK Subban. Remember I told you guys, like, during the Stanley Cup run, Lou and uh, Pete DeBoer would have me come down and do the... the Read the lineup. Read the lineup and put on a skit, which was, like, the most... You, you hard, liked how he did that? The most hardcore thing possible to do. Like, I'd rather play in the game and get put on a spot against the top line than go down there and try to perform when everybody has their towel over their head and they're all so fucking focused on the game. And mm-hmm. I gotta go, like, be a comedian. Right. That was difficult When you're on the team, yeah. When I'm on the team. That was, that was a... But P.K. Subban went in there, I'm like, I'm ro- literally rolling my eyes. Like, oh, boy, what's he going to do? He was fantastic. He was kind of funny. And I like Subban. Nobody was really laughing, though. No, but he did a good job, dude. He did. He did me and Kate were watching him. Kate's like, he's doing pretty fucking good. Yeah. I, I, was, I was waiting for him to be just kind of cringy, mm-hmm. but he wasn't at all. Yeah. I like P.K. now, man. I like his style. He's got his glasses on. He's loud. Like, he just looks cool. I mean, mess is mess, mm-hmm. but PK, like, you need that. The NHL needs that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. Last weekend was a fucking great weekend for hockey. Mm-hmm. That Saturday was awesome, yeah. dude. All those games starting at, like, 11 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. And you had the two outdoor games were cool, man. Mm-hmm. Um, good games. Really good games. Wow. I Do you know. see the fight off the bat with that young kid? That six foot seven kid he and Matt Martin. around. No bucket on. He's got his stocking cap on. Literally trolling around for like a minute in mm-hmm. front of 80,000 people, whatever it is. Yeah. Then his first NHL game, he's there. His first NHL shift, he goes and fights Matt Martin and beats him up. And beats him up. That Beat him up. Didn't kill him. Martin could have really, at the end of the fight, he, he could have punched him right Fine, in the face. But, and he didn't. Take me on the inside, though, here. Because... I got to give Matt Martin credit for taking the fight, too, giving it to him. Six also. foot seven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Matt Martin doesn't have to fight that kid. Yeah, he knows man. it's his first game, 
and he should want to fight. I'm mean, Matt Martin Hayless and get the crowd going. Hell yeah. You're you're playing in front of, you know, how many people were there, you know? 80,000, right? Something like that, whatever. <clears throat> yeah. So like Hey, well, put, go put on a show, man. Put on a show. But he gave him the fight. He gave him the fight. So I'll give him credit for doing that. Matt Martin's cool. Matt Martin's really cool, Really man. cool. Handsome. Always like Matt Martin. I liked him a lot. Respected him Although when I played against him. Although he chirped Ryan Miller's brother, Drew, for having the gray hair. So <laughs> what? He's got gray <laughs> they hair. They show that all the I time. I mean, like, you don't think I get chirped if I had a fucking ball? Of course. That's the way it is. He's like, like what? Miners? You were the miners longer than me. Remember you know, remember that yeah. clip? You know, it was right on the bench. Funny, I remember. He was on yeah. the bench chirping him. Yeah, that's fine. Biz is going after Lou hardcore, mm-hmm. Lou Lamarillo. Yeah. Because all these stadium series, man, I loved how Rocky Balboa, the Philadelphia Flyers, come out. They that's got cool. all the Rocky that's gear. Cool. And, the Jersey Shore, and Jersey man. comes. That's fucking Sopranos, baby. Gabagool. Yeah. I loved it. Now, the nerds are like, that's disrespectful. Man, 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 man. Like, shut the fuck up. Wait, 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 cool. wait. What do you mean? So the- What uh, nerds? The nerds on, on Twitter and whatnot. They're upset about what? About the devil's- um, and how they kind of like, um, I guess, praised the mob mentality. Oh. With shut the fuck. I up, thought it was Jersey Shore, honestly. No, it's Tony Soprano. Soprano. Okay. Come on, the jumpsuit. So the first team to do this was St. Louis. I, I, I thought it was cool when St. Louis did it because the temperature was like minus ten and degrees, they, yeah. and they wore like you know like they were go- swimsuits, like they were going to the beach. Yeah, that was cool. So that was creative, you yeah. know. So everyone's trying to become creative i think some teams have like failed at it you know but i thought these guys did a pretty good job man rocky job. philly jersey shore whatever sopranos man i like it but the new york but, islanders but then the man. islanders lou probably put the kibosh on mm-hmm. being different and i think that's and i love lou and everybody knows that but i think not to mention they're getting the all-star game next year like lou are we going to be creative at all mm-hmm. are you going to put your foot that's down a league every, event though is he okay but is well He's still got his hands and everything. Is he going to micromanage that? You got to you got to think of the bigger picture, man. It's a league event, though. All right. Has Jersey saying. ever had the All Star game? Jersey, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's been involved with like league events in the past. I, 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 I don't know if he, you know, what could he really do to, you know, make a negative impact on the All Star game? Do you know who we're talking about? Lou Lam- I'm just asking. Like, he could do a lot. No, of but what would he do? Like what you saw this year? Like would he not allow like Justin Bieber to be on the bench? I don't or something? know. Like, I don't know. I don't like know. That, that's a league. that He's not going to have a say over that. But I hear what okay. you're saying, dude. And <laughs> this is this has always been Lou. Like, we shouldn't it's even him. be surprised. Yeah. But he's never... And, I mean, you obviously know as well as anybody, man. And anybody who played for him, like, this is just the that's way it goes. Is. So I don't think... I don't get the impression, Cam. The players are, like, upset about it. They just know they, look they play for Lou, dude. They, they play for Lou. And look, you know? you're with the fire and the police walking out. That's all I care about, cool, too. Man. You're hanging out with the guys. Yeah. That's cool. I don't think you have to dress up either. You know what I'm saying? No, but but it, but it the kids see it, dude. It, it, it's a greater... Listen, NHL is a bunch of... Dude, NHL is like the little brother of mm-hmm. the big four. Let's be honest here. They're the little the brother. Little, They're little like the, brother. How, what do I do? Do I go? They're like I want to be just I wanna, like I you, be them, but I can't. Like they need to. Fi- <laughs> they need to figure out as much as they can to to bring attention to young kids and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so, like little things like that, they add up, and they're petty. It's petty. Yeah. It's not. It doesn't cost you anything. No, I know. It doesn't do anything. So just like the little things it's, you have to do. I remember hearing stories years ago. Like I don't think like Jersey play. Like uh, early two thousands. Players were like, uh, at least in warmups, would like play with these like pink sticks, were wrapped in like breast cancer awareness and type stuff, 
and like he wouldn't let his Nothing. players do stuff like Buttoned that. Up, baby. You know what I mean? Jersey untucked. And you know, I heard about uh, you know different stick reps and stuff like that. They sometimes had an issue going into Big like time. Jersey and stuff. You know, just in terms of you know, you look at them like in most rinks. I mean, they're hanging out almost inside the dressing room. You know what I mean? And inside the uh, equipment room, like it's a little more of a challenge when you went into Jersey or Toronto or New York now with the Islanders with Lou running the show. But I, that's what I love about them. At the same time, it's like you know, know. those those guys are dressing like the Sopranos. Man, he 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 is like one of the Sopranos. Oh, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Well, the Sopranos <laughs> ask, ask Lou. Whenever this was all going down in two thousand, two thousand one, two three, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. The Sopranos, the producer or whatever, got a hold to of To be Lou, in the show. To be on the show. And to be at the Bada Bing, which is a strip club. And Lou goes, hell no. Lou wanted nothing to do with it, but they wanted him to be a part of the Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And he would say no. And that's just how he is. Yeah. But I, I, I respect that. But I was in Pittsburgh doing color with Kerber. And I remember seeing different teams. And I watched the Blues walk out. And they're dressed nice. But I'm sitting there in a hotel. And I look over, that's when I avoided Lou because mm-hmm. I had a chew in my mouth yeah, and I was yeah, just in a yeah. weird spot. Yeah, very embarrassing. These guys walked in, mm-hmm. the New York Islanders, they looked as classy as you could possibly really? get, Andy. They looked classy as shit, buttoned up. Like arriving to the hotel? Arriving to the hotel. I saw the, the way they presented themselves. I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. they look different. They look fucking bi- all business. Let's go. Shaved up. Everything's fucking nice. Ties all the way up. Not Hanging down, yeah, nothing like that. Yeah. And I noticed that. I'm like, oh, oh, Islanders. Like, oh shit, yeah. Mm-hmm. It did us all look good, dude. Do you think so? You think optics that's necessary in like is that almost taking it to I always wondered like when I'm on a team plane or whatever and how they have to wear suits getting onto the plane or whatever. Now you can wear like a golf shirt or something like that, but a sport coat, you know? Now they and then they change for the flight. And then you put your shit back on. And then they put on. their shit back on. Here's the bitch. Like two hours later. Fuck that. No, that, you're in the NHL. Dress nice. Mm-hmm. You're in the NHL. You dress nice. Yeah. But in the American League, when you're going from the shitville to fuckville, and there's salad dressing on the floor, and you got your, you got your suit on, mm-hmm. no one is looking at you. It smells like shit. Smells like dog fuck. And there's trash everywhere, and I got to take my fucking suit and put it on and walk off everywhere. Give us track suits yeah. in the American League. That's that's where I would complain. You're in the NHL. Those planes are gigantic. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own fucking seat. No, you wear a suit and tie, yeah. or you wear a suit, and you look classy. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Because yeah. it does, I noticed it. When the Islanders walked in, I'm like, they look fucking good. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. Yeah. I mean, that's listen, all. I hear you. I <clears throat> Chirping Lou is... It is, it, just, it is what it is. I mean, like, I don't know. I, this is all over him. It's so funny. Is he? We love him, but he's all over Lou. I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's really? like, Lou's not seeing that. Oh, yes, he is. Yeah, and let is. me explain why. Mm-hmm. When you go up to Lou's office, when you go up to his office in the morning, which I've been there plenty of times, his desk has every clip. paper after paper after paper, every single clip you could possibly imagine he goes through everything he knows exactly what's going on with everything like he's on the ball so don't think that he's not on social media remember when i was spitting chicklets for the mm-hmm. first time oh yeah and i told the story about you got a phone call phone call he called me the next day the next he didn't day. like how you told the story he didn't like how i told the story you embellished no the story's true i said that he cussed at me yeah which he did he did but he, he didn't, didn't like that, that. So now you I, just told the story again. You no, did I'm it just twice saying, now. Well, I'm just saying. You can get another phone call. No, no, no. I, well, no, he'll be calling you tomorrow. But it's all good. He didn't cuss like I'm some, like he denounced. 
He was just pissed. Lou, I'll handle this. You no, you were pissed. No, I'm it's all no, no, Lou, you're pissed I, no, at me. I'm gonna handle it's it. It's my fault. It's my fault. Let me handle it. My fault. But he, I got it, Andy. He knew yeah. right away. I got you. Um, all right, we got to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> Do we have to? But I feel like I know. We now have a reason to talk about it. No, they're not. It's not the Winter Classic. Oh, it's the stadium The Blues series. are in the Winter Classic You're in right. Chicago. That's right. We're going to go to it's it. It's like March 5th or something. So they got the stadium series. And My March bad. 1st. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. March 1st. What am I thinking? Yeah. The Blues are in a goddamn yeah, They're not thing. putting Columbus in the Winter Classic. Yeah. <laughs> the stadium series. That's fine. Hey, I don't even get, I don't ever get caught up in the stadium series. Like the, Pretty cool this weekend. Leading up to it. Like it, yeah. I don't, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. But then you watch the games, and you see, like, the park setting outside awesome. the rink, and somebody's walking their dog, dude, the entire game. Like, walking around the rink like the they're in a park. The Central Park theme, right? Yeah, it was cool. Yes! You know, I thought that was really creative. The stadium's awesome. Yeah, it is. It looked like the New York Giants or New awesome. York Jets, you know what I'm saying? Like, in terms of when they showed the crowd, you're like, oh, yeah, that's where the... It looked like and an NFL And they had two stadium. games in one day. Loved it. Two days. Or two, uh, two, two, uh, two back games. Back-to-back. Back-to-back. That was awesome. Yeah. Same venue. Different crowd. And I think that's something cool that's to do, totally too. Cool. You know, obviously it makes sense uh, with the proximity of all those teams in that location, but... I love it. Can't do it everywhere. And I'll I'll bring up another guy who I play with. Yeah. Yogs. Dude, I know. I want to talk about Columbus, dude. Okay. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. We're going to get to Yogs. All right. Cool. Who's, like, the fucking coolest He's a person. fucking pimp. <laughs> okay. Did you see so his let's, comments? Okay. Go with Columbus <laughs> before I... about his girlfriend? Oh, yeah. He is the He's fucking. He's too young to remember him playing in Pittsburgh. Dude. He's a fucking one of the greatest man. lines ever. We'll talk about Yagi. Yagi here in just a minute, boy. Um, Columbus, Columbus. Okay, so <sighs> full disclosure: Yarmo Kekalainen, love Yarmo. So do I. He was a big help for me when I was young, coming up in the business. Yep. I pumped his tires like no other. Great to me too. Yep, and. uh Remain friends with him to this day. Exchange some text messages and stuff, man. Like, and you know what? He's he's not a guy that's like he understands. Like, he can't just, you know, he's not like a, um, like a Doug Armstrong were to get fired or something like that. Where like, you know, he knows he's going to get a job as soon as he wants to get a job. You know, Yarm was in a situation where he's got to stay visible. He's got to be working, be out there. I get that. Make sure you're careful what you say publicly. Yeah. Don't say anything that's going to like you know. Jam you know, jam you up. Um, and he wouldn't do that anyway. He's pretty classy, dude. Like actually. him a lot. But, you know, this guy's already, like, scouting, like, a American League, a, a Cleveland, you know, an American League game, you know. And, and listen, Craig Berube, same way, man. Same he knows game. he's going to get a job, but, like, whatever. These guys. He's doing work. They're getting paid still. And they're not just going to, like, sulk and, like, be no. like, I can't believe they did this to me. No. You know, it's like, listen, you had an 11-year run in Columbus. You didn't get to where you wanted to go. People are like, well, why are they doing it now? How come they didn't do it before? I don't completely disagree. You had an 11-game or 9-game losing streak this season, something like that. You had the whole Babcock debacle, which he took all the heat for. But people who know, know that he didn't make this decision on his own. There's no way in hell that he would. If you think that Yarmo Kekalainen just went out and hired Mike Babcock and just went to the Columbus Blue Jackets and said, I want to hire Babs. Yeah. And everybody else was like, what? This makes no sense. No, it didn't work like that. This was a collaborative, collective decision inside the organization, yet he's the only one taking any heat for it, which makes no sense. So you had the long losing streak. They didn't fire him then. They didn't fire him after Bob's, our Babs. You had the, the, the break here. 
which maybe people felt like would have made sense. I thought John Davidson gave the, uh, an honest answer and said, listen, I just had a uh, back surgery. I wasn't around the team. I couldn't fire him, essentially. Like, I needed him to be around the team. But there's no sense of keeping him around now to have him make the decisions that are, you know, could potentially impact the organization moving forward the next few years with the trade deadline around the corner. I'm looking at Columbus Cam and I'm saying, okay, you know, who are they now versus when he got there? And listen, they had some real good players. People forget they had Panarin there. Yeah, they you did. know, I Bobrovsky. mean, they had or, uh, Bobrovsky. Yeah. You know who won? You know, Vesna uh, trophies while he was Beat in Tampa Bay, uh, Columbus. You know, they had Cam Atkinson. Mm-hmm. They had Seth Jones. You yes. know, they had uh, Nick Foligno. I, they had a bunch of dudes. They did. You know what I mean? And they had some, you know, real good veterans and. Um, you know, the Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think that's the one move where you say, man, did they accelerate that decision too quick? Remember he like quit on Columbus. Mm-hmm. He was like his sh- dog in his shifts on purpose. They should have just sat his ass out. Oh God, or, you dog your you shifts. Know, they should have just sat his ass out instead of like, okay, we're going to do what you want right off the bat. They made a trade. They bring Patrick Line. They, it, it, it just was not, I know. you had a. Pierre-Luc Dubois, when they beat Toronto in the bubble, like he was like one of the best players in the league at that time. Like he was a hot commodity. So I feel like they maybe could have done, if they took their time, maybe got more in return to truly set up the organization moving forward versus Patrick Laine, who I know had scored a bunch of goals, but everyone knew Laine's reputation yeah. before he came to Columbus. It shouldn't be a surprise. He is what he is. Yeah. He, he's going through some personal stuff right now, so we hope he's doing good, man. Can we talk you know? about that for a second? We'll talk about that. Did G- you see that what, fucking those kid? podcast guys? Yeah, and this... These I did, didn't know what that meant, by the way. A Remington? Yeah, Remington. What do you mean? I, well, I had to look you it know up. what a Remington is? Now I do. Is it like a military how, or something? What? Or what a Remington it? rifle, dude. Yeah. So when the Native Americans were shit kicking us for 300 mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. the Remington, once that came out, mm-hmm. where you like, bam, bam, like that. It's called a Remington retirement. Yeah, meaning you're going to kill yourself. Oh, God. You didn't pick that up? No, I didn't know that. That's, that's what it God meant. awful. That's, it is God awful. And like, that's like, and I'm Patrick crazy. Patrick Liney responded on Patrick Twitter. Patrick Liney tweeted back, tweeted back out. So those guys should be like, they should never be allowed No, they could, no to... he fucked up. Listen. Okay, well, they should come out. The girl on there actually came out and said, hey, I didn't laugh at it. I didn't know it's what a, they were saying. It's a dinky podcast. Yeah, I know. No one knows know, who they are. Know, they didn't play. They're not, in, in, they're not hired by a team like no, you. No, I know. But the guy, the kid fucked up, and it's bad, and Lionel called him out, and that's fair, and he's taking his Did criticism. apologize? I don't know, but if he does apologize, you got I would take his word for it. I'm like, I fucked up, I was trying to be funny. The shit that I say on here sometimes, I'm not going to go that deep with suicide. Like, I, I had that in my family. My mom's dad killed himself, and she walked in on him, mm. hanging from the fucking basement of the... Oh, of the yeah, and when she was 13 years old. Oh, my God. So that fucked her up. So I, I get that part. Um, but I, if he apologizes, you got to let it go, in my opinion. Like, he fucked up. He was trying to be funny. Trying to be funny. He's, trying to be, he's not being serious, he's, right? No, you he's think. just trying to be a goofball. I, like, like, I get that, but... It was not what? good. That's it was distasteful. To even say that is so dumb. dumb. A Remington... So that he deserves all the heat he's getting, dude. I know, but I would yeah. always say... Yeah, I get it. Like you know, like, he probably I, feels like shit. He's probably getting, he's probably never had any he, attention like this. He probably lives with negative. his parents. He probably has no Seth? fucking money. Is his name Seth? I know. Think about it though. Well, he's not killing animals, but he's probably living with his parents. He probably makes you no money. He loves hockey, and he, he loves fu- the Blue Jackets. He loves the Blue Jackets. They he's never one of the, win. He's, they never win. He's one of their five fans <laughs> that they have. Well, apparently, they have a lot. Though. Oh, do they? And so <laughs> he fucked up. And so I say, kind of let it go at this point. Yeah. 
in my okay. opinion. Okay, I'm glad but he I'm, got he got rocked okay. for it. So talk to him. I would right now. Hey, dude, you got to watch that kind of shit. And I'm hardcore as fuck. I say crazy yeah, shit all the don't time. Don't say that. Yeah, that when it comes to suicide, when he's already taking a leave of absence, when he when it comes to for, suicide, for mental. Yeah, you, know, you don't know what he's doing. You don't, you don't know, know where he's, he's at mentally. Yeah, so, yeah. um, I saw that. I'm like, dang, D dog. Yeah. But then he, the, he, this kid's getting fucking rocked, and he, he's not like some big time guy that's got a bunch of money that he's like, oh fuck her. He's probably like, oh my god, I'll never have a job ever again. No, and, he, and so he might not. Well, not not in not hockey. A, he could probably work at Schnucks. Oh yeah. Or he could work that's at the a gas, grocery store. He worked at gas station where I just got ripped off at. Mm-hmm. Well, he can do a lot of things. I just got ripped off at a gas station. What do you mean? They, they robbed you? Man, I'm such a pussy at times. Mm. I, buy a bu- I buy my beer. I got my chew. And this woman charged me like 40 bucks. Oh, my God. For your beer and your chew? And I go, oh, and there's people behind me. And, and they you know, just paid it? And they know who I am. And I'm like, uh, And I'm like, 40 40 bucks for four beer and a tin of chew? She's like, oh, I messed that up. Okay, 32 bucks. And I'm like, okay, here you go. Okay, I'm out of here. Then I got in my car. I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, I should have just, now I feel like, blah. Not that it's okay. Like, we're fine. Like, don't feel sorry for me or Andy when it comes to that kind of stuff. But Cam writes, got, Cam writes off his beer and chew anyway. I just anyway. fucking got ripped off work. by this girl. I had no idea what she's doing, but there's people behind me. I'm like, fuck it. Just, it puts a... Damn, a, dude. I know. You got fucking... I got ripped off by $20. Yes, you did. I don't know. Ain't that's, that big of a That's what they would. They would never do that to me if I walked mm, in there. What, no, no they well, Andy counts his pennies, so no, it wouldn't. <laughs> they I just let it go because people behind me, me knew who he were, and I was like, yeah. oh, fuck. So getting back to Columbus, um, they made the playoffs, I think... Th- Three or four years in a row or something like that. Five times total under Yarmo. <clears throat> Columbus is just one of those teams, man. It's kind of like Arizona and Buffalo. They No matter what they do, they just can't ever Arizona's get over the hump. World. Sorry. Columbus is Columbus close. has a rink. That's about it. Over About them. it. Over them. That is a big time They've deal. They've got steady ownership who spends to the cap every year. Yeah. And they've got a rink. They got a rink outside in a nice of, town. Outside of that, what is the difference? It doesn't matter. They're still better than Arizona. Dude, like, Arizona's a nice town. I know. You said in Arizona's a, nice a town. state. I'd rather be. I'd rather live in Arizona than Columbus. Oh, and play in front of four thousand people. No, no. I'm fucking saying way. Well, when you get in a rink, I'm not talking about. That. I'm saying just in terms of if I, if I owned a business and it said you can. You can live in Columbus, or you can live in no and, shit. And, and, and listen, living. I live in St. Louis, man, so I ain't chirping Columbus. Okay? No, you Columbus know, is nice, I, dude. Columbus it's got less crime. And, than and I've been to St. Columbus. Louis. I spent ten days there, actually covering nice. the um, the World Cup of Hockey. USA's you know, I, training camp back in two thousand four. Man, had a great time. We'll go to this bar every single night. Nice. I see Chelios and Holly and Kachuk and Madonna and Scotty Young and Dougie Waite. And dude. So what are you saying? And and I so I knew all those guys because a lot of them had St. Louis connection. They'd pay for my beer all night long. Or well, my, my point, awesome. well, so what are you so trying to say? What I'm saying is I'm not going to chirp Columbus. No, I, Columbus so I've, is a nice I've town. Been there, it's it's a great. It's a college town. Ohio State. Their team's not good, but the city's but the great. Team, the rink's nice. I know. The area's know. nice. Okay. Arizona is a joke. It's a Just joke. The team is a joke. The fucking whole organization's a joke. The setup's a joke. The organization. They're fucking. You're in a. You're in the uh, the visiting locker room. You're sitting on steel chairs and fucking coolers. Yeah, no, it's fucking it's awful. It's a joke. It's awful. These guys work their entire life. I said it. Don't even lump Columbus to to in with NHL. Arizona. Well, they are Arizona. Their owner. They're they're Arizona with an owner. Arizona with a rink. 
Well, that's part of it. Well, that's a big part. I'm just saying. You imagine, you imagine a blues playing a centine. You imagine a blues playing a centine. Think about that. That would be the biggest laughing stock you could possibly imagine. Arizona's a fucking hey, joke. I was talking, uh, Centene's getting like an NCAA regional coming. I don't even know Dude, if it's big the, enough for that, They man. got a bunch they're, of they're shit going. Heck, they got, like, according to, like, the pairwise, which Big Walt was telling me what the pairwise was. What's that mean? What do you mean pairwise? It's kind of like how they, What's that mean? the projections of who's going to play where and who's going to be what seed. You know, they do yeah. that in, like, NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah. So with his Boston accent, he said pairwise, like 20. I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> He's like, according to the Paraguay or whatever, the, you know, like in his fucking Boston. I'm like, the what? And he's like, the Paraguay. And I, like, <laughs> dude, I don't know what he's the a, fuck you're saying. It just doesn't matter. The Paraguay's. Um, I tell you what, Matthew. He was telling me it was uh, right now. It's Wisconsin and Michigan State. Well, I'm out at Centene Community Ice Center. I'm like, dude, those two schools are gonna fucking bring a ton of people. Oh God, yeah. They need to be playing like downtown or I know. something. You know what I mean? Centene's so nice, dude. We got so the nice. best fucking rink going. So and get, Matthew, your, get ch- your tickets for that. Matthew Kuchuk dominating too. By the way, give you a little shout. Oh out. yeah, I put it out on Twitter yesterday, man. Since Jesus. January first, he's leading the league in scoring. This guy's putting up like two, three, four points a night, dude. Dude, I'm sorry, but now he's like, I think he's gotten himself back into the top fifteen in scoring in the league. I look, you have to look at goal differential. Mm-hmm. Even like with the Blues right now. They're like, the only team in the playoffs that are a minus goal differential. The Blues. That are in a playoff I was spot. Say, while not Pitts, fucking While Florida. Pittsburgh, I believe, is the only team outside of the playoffs Sorry. that is actually Fuck plus Pittsburgh. on the goal differential. They fucked up yesterday. Did you watch that game? Oh, they lost the game. Oh, my I know God. They did. And Yager. Okay, we get into Yager. Well, hold on. Let's finish Columbus real quick. Oh, Jesus. Let's wrap this up with Columbus. Um, they're, so, they're irrelevant. So what are they going to do? Like, is it time to, like, hmm. I'm sick of all the talk. They, no, no one talks more than, like, Columbus right now. It's like, I understand you've got players coming. Every organization has good players in the pipe. Yeah, it's yeah. Most, most. Especially when you're bad. Most. You should. And if you're terrible every year and you yeah. miss the playoffs and you're picking in the top five, top ten, I would they hope, turn it around I would hope you've guys. got some prospects coming. Yeah, and they, listen. They could turn it around. The Dubois trade, you know, I think derailed them a little bit. But they've also made some terrible decisions. The coach they hired before Babcock was fucking bad. Yeah, he wasn't good either. Who was um, that? What's his name? Uh, I remember. I remember. Yeah, who the kid they got. They, they, the, uh, the coach they got from uh, junior. You know, they yeah. brought up. He, he was no good. Uh, but how do you know the guy that they have now? You know, I don't know if he's any good either. But they didn't hire him as the head coach. But they yeah. just threw him in there in the head coaching role. Maybe some Babcock, players. But they went out and they hired Mike Babcock, which. Proved to be the worst hire and and most bizarre hire in the history of hockey. It was so unnecessary. You didn't need to do that. So I know they've got some pieces coming, but they should have pieces coming. You miss the playoffs every year, You're so terrible. you got to have pieces coming. That's the way it works. It's more impressive that the Blues make the playoffs all the time, and they've got they a got, bunch of pieces they got coming. More, I know. If, they, if you look at the list, <laughs> you know, or the, the Blues teams are that do top. make the playoffs, yeah. and they've got good pieces who consistently draft, you know, a prospects in the twenties. Who would you rather play for? St. Louis or Columbus? No, 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 no. Calgary or Columbus? Probably Columbus for family reasons. I know. And taxes, maybe. and A lot of things. And the building. I know. So, um, I mean, that's a... I don't know. But Calgary would be cool, too, man. I'd love to play in a Canadian city. Calgary's a beautiful city. 
I would love to play in the NHL in a Canadian city. I think it'd so be you a, get a little bit older. I think it'd be a you great. Go hide. I know, but I think that you would know. be a great experience. You want to really experience what it's like being an NHL player playing in a Canadian city. Playing in Canadian, yeah. No like doubt. I don't think the Columbus players have really. They don't have that experience, man. Arizona, they don't have that experience. No, not at all. Buffalo does to a lesser extent because it's Buffalo and they're so passionate about hockey up there and you're close to the Canadian border. But every year, man, every offseason, it's like, wow, watch out for Columbus this year. Watch out for Buffalo Who says this year. That? Watch out for Arizona. Uh, the Buffalo I yeah. get. Buffalo I Jersey, get. Jersey, same thing. Yeah, I know, Jersey too. Although you know, their jerseys the other day oh, they were, were sick. sick. I love fucking those. sick tough. I liked dude. all of them, really. I know, except for the Islanders. Still, the Islanders. The color concept though was cool, though. The man. Islanders looked like Philly. If you looked at it from afar, like mm-hmm. it looked like a Philly. It was blue and orange, though. Yeah, but it looked dark. So yeah. it looked like a Philly. Uh, yeah, it it looked cool. like Philly. I didn't like the, the stickers on the side of the house. I like the Devils one, though. It looked the Devils awesome. one looked cool. The NYR did not like on the Rangers. The Devils look sick. The Rangers dude. had sick jerseys. They had that big come from behind. I'm looking at gold differential. And that, and that's meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. Like Dallas is plus forty. The Blues are minus. What a 10. terrible loss by the Islanders, by the way. Terrible. Patrick Wall must he was have lost his fucking mind. Dude, he settle down. And that weird goal at the end too, where uh, yeah, the uh, 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 it was Panarin wasn't it? Panarin fucking and then the goal, Dobson. Dobson the goal just comes tries off. tries to get over there, but the if if he would have just stopped the puck there and it didn't cross the goal line, even if he knocked the net mm-hmm. over, maybe they got what they get a penalty. Well, if it doesn't shot cross the goal line, yeah, it's yeah, not, they might have got a penalty hey, shot can I for bring knocking this up over. About penalty shots, yeah. The NHL needs to establish a rule where you have the option to decline a penalty shot. Yeah, it happened the other and day. Accept a two minute mire. Give a team an option. Now, if you want to introduce it slowly, maybe you just do it when a team is already on a power play. Do you want the five on three for like however much time is left on the original minor? Or do you want the penalty shot when you're already on the power play? Like if I'm a team right now, a penalty shot, listen, it, it is what it is. It's not automatic, we all know. I mean, it's hard to not accept a yeah, penalty a shot. Play. It's a pretty nice op- But if you're already on a power play, would you rather have a five on three? Are your are your percentage, are your chances of scoring any better on a five on three versus a penalty Depends shot? On who's shooting? And probably, not, I mean, you look at the Blues historically over the course of the last five years; they don't score a whole lot in five on three. They haven't been very good at it. They just got their first five on three power play Kyle goal right. the other day. Um, so I think they were zero for five or over six up to that point. But I just would like to see the team have this opportunity. I actually asked uh, Barry Trotz about this after the game. And because he felt like the game changed and the game turned when Nashville stopped Jake Neighbors on the power play. Yeah. When they made that save on the penalty shot. Sorry. When they made the save. I saw that. Then the game changed when uh, their goaltender made the save on the penalty shot. He scored there too. Well, and I talked to Jake about that yesterday. He He missed the five. I know. I took Ty down to practice yesterday. I love Jake Neighbors. These fucking guys are awesome. Are they good to him? Oh, my God. I hope so. Pavel Buchnevich, he's passing pucks with them. I like to hear that. Jake Neighbors, Hofer bringing them pucks and stuff. I love to hear that. They're fucking, these guys are awesome. They're all cool, man. But, you know, um, I will say that it's something to think about. So I asked Barry Trotz about it. He said, you know what? I think it was Army. He's like, I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me on this. I mean, the Twitter people may come after me for this, you know, but I, he goes, I, th- I, think, I think Army brought it up at the GM meetings that we should open up the discussion about the potential of declining a penalty shot and taking the power play. Would you have a problem if they decided to do not that? Not at all. Not at all. Although, 
it's fun to watch a penalty shot. Oh, it's the it's the most exciting play in hockey, man. Dude, yeah. Now, if it's the third period, and you're in a winter classic, and the ice is fucked up, well, the power play might might not you might not be able to move the puck away. And sometimes it's nice. Depends on if you're up by one. Mm -hmm. Would it be better to have a power play? And just kill time That's and fucking Barry rip, ripping said. shots at everybody. That's like, a, no, because right? Barry Trotz said that. If it's late in the third period. I'm taking power. And you're up by a goal. Yeah. You can just kill the clock for the rest of the game. So try, so Barry Trotz brought that up also. Who we love. He's totally He's cool. the best, dude. So Barry, uh, very thoughtful. And in fact, if that was Doug Armstrong, then that would make sense too. Um, but I hope the NHL really, like, I think. That would not change the game whatsoever. Like, I think it'd be cool. Yeah. It yeah. adds some suspense yep. if somebody's taken down. Yep. Now, if, if it's a guy like, uh, you know, Connor McDavid who's taken down on the on a breakaway, you may take the penalty shot. Maybe. Although they're pretty rough By the way, on the power way, I, I, watching McDavid and Dryside Alive is just Something. a treat. Do you know what this guy is doing for the league, man? He goes on the road and whatever, how much energy he brings into the building when you play. Like, it's not easy for... Um, Edmonton, man. I'll, I'll give Edmonton a little bit of a shout-out. I like this Evan Bouchard a lot, a lot, too, on the back yes. end. They're a cool-ass team. They I think are cool. Skinner's cool. Yep. I think Dreisaitl's cool. Every time Dreisaitl... When he, Hyman's cool, too, man. Parks his ass in front. He's good. Scores goals. Compliments McDavid. He's leading their team in goal scoring, I think. But he's a guy who... Uh, Dreisaitl, every time he comes off the ice, when the, when the coach makes like a, co- a line change, he's like... Angry, he's. <laughs> I think he gets a little pissy. He gets time. pissy. He's like, he's like, he like owns that coach, probably, you know, which is not good. I know. So, it's but, not. but he is such a force. But you know what? I'll give uh, Edmonton credit because every building they go into, every team they play against, they're getting the other team's best effort, dude. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, everybody measures themselves up against those two stars. So is Toronto. To a lesser extent, dude, Toronto comes into town. Everybody's like, let's go. I remember doing that. Yeah, you I play think in so. Toronto. I you, think so. You're getting the best, big time, dude. Austin Matthews, man. Is he MVP? Who's is, MVP? Is of right if, now? Who's MVP? I got my guy. Who's yours? Well, if Kucherov for a Kuchy, lot of people, it's gotta be. He's like angry in a press conference again the other day. He's I just, like Kuchy. He's just doing his thing, man. Whatever. He's, I he's I don't react man. to it, man. I just I I, I care about watching him play. And if McDavid catches Kucherov, which he could, the way he's putting up points right now, who knows? But um, I will say uh, if Austin Matthews scores 70, which he's got a legit shot to score 70 goals, man. 48 right now. This guy's almost at 50 goals. He's 26 years old, Cam. Say he scores, he's he's approaching 400 goals, 350, something like that. And I don't want to get too far ahead of things, but all I'm saying is, like, if he's capable of scoring 50 every year, he's going to have to do that. He would have had more than one 50-goal season in his career up to this point if the season wasn't paused in 1920. I think he had 47 when the season was paused through 70 games. 1920? 2019, 2020. Yeah, you said 1920. Yeah, like 1920. Oh, like 1920. Oh, my bad. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like 2019. So the season was paused. He had 47 goals, so he would have been well over 50 probably. Yeah. Um, Say he scores... 200 more goals before he's 30. And all of a sudden, he's approaching 600 goals at 30. Is he a le- legitimate candidate to pass Gretzky? Maybe. Yeah. 
And the way the game's changed, And too. to pass Ovi, and who knows, Ovi started scoring a bunch lately. That's why I brought it up, man, the other day. You said, hey, nobody would want him at the trade deadline. I don't know. Like, if he can score at a elite rate like he's done his entire career. A lot of empty netters. Oh, he gets a lot of empty netters. He just passed Gretzky. Gretzky got a lot of empty netters, too. Listen, he's not the same player he was. He's only... He, 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 Watch He's, him, watch him. I do watch you him, know. dude. I do. You I see what him. I see, and I love him. Yeah, we've He's we've slow. been saying that all year. He hides out, just and, hides out, and he he's a. He he knows when to be. He knows yeah. where to be at the right time. It's a lot to He's deal with. He's not dominating with. the game. No, it's a lot to deal with for Washington because they've got you, you know. Bring Ovi on. No, I'm not, not saying I would do that. I know you're not, but I'm saying like that's a that's a loud move. It is. And he's going to be like, but, I want... But know. if he stops scoring and just wants to play until he breaks the record, this this could potentially like you know be a lot to deal with for Washington. Exactly. I'll just no, be interested right. to see how that plays out. It, it, may also, be, it may be better for them just to say, okay, go do it elsewhere. Although, he should never be in another uniform, and it would be a crime to see I, him break the record in another jersey. Please so, don't. Stay in Washington. I don't think Have your statue yeah, there. Yeah. A Russian statue mm-hmm. in, in Washington, D.C. Yeah. will be unique. Yeah. But I want to give Yager a shout-out, man. Yeah. He was so, such a good teammate of mine. He got pissed at me a couple of times for taking his rosary. I sat next to him. He is hardcore. I've never seen that before. And I know he still plays at 51 years old, but I've never seen a team. Like, they, they finally... They finally uh, retired his number, but they let him skate out in warm-ups. Dude, they, that was awesome. Incredible. That was awesome. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, he's walking in, and I think it was, like, Sydney and uh, Sydney and Latang were like, hey, how are you there? And Yogg's just fucking high-fiving everybody yeah. doing their you thing. You see Riley Smith come over. Riley Smith yeah. played with him in Florida, and mm-hmm. he's like, hey, Yogg's. Like, almost like, what's going on? JJ. And, they call him JJ. And Yogg's, they give him his you know, full locker stall. He's getting it. It's almost like Pittsburgh he, did it good. Oh, they, they did it did amazing, it. man. They Anytime right. you can see a player of his stature get recognized by a team that made him an absolute legend. And then on top of that, you get Mario Lemieux involved. I know. You get Ron Francis there. So you have Crosby, Crosby and Malkin. Latang going up to him and being like, man, you were my guy. Will you sign my jersey afterwards? I know. And this guy's still playing, too. You he's know? a fucking but, wheel. And he's just got such a presence. Like, very few players truly have that level of presence as an NHL legend. Like, there's not that many. Gretzky has it. I mean, it's hard to say Lemieux doesn't. But outside of Yager, man, his presence is just completely different than, you know, Brett Hall has that type of presence, man. You know what I mean? I remember talking to Yager, and he was like, you going to get married ever? He's like, hell no. You want kids? He's like, nope. I'm like, okay. I remember he he always take me home on road trips, and he had this big-ass BMW. And it smoked and stunk like shit because he didn't smoke, but the car did. I go, dude, what the was car that? smoked? Yes, he had a hundred thousand dollar Mercedes. You said BMW? No, it was a Mercedes. My bad. Yeah, it wasn't a Beamer. It was a Mercedes. I remember, and he, he lived right by me, not in the same subdivision, and not not even a nice subdivision. He didn't spend that much money. Yeah, but he had a car, and it smelled like shit. I go, when was the last time you got the oil change? He goes, what do you mean? Like, when was the last time you got your oil changed? Like that red light on the dash? Yeah. Yeah, that thing right there that's beeping. <laughs> and I smelled it. He had no idea. Really? I'm like, you've been in the league for fucking 30 years. Like, right. You don't know that you have to get your oil changed? You've been a man in America like, what are you doing? Years. But he was cool as hell, man. Yeah. And then they, uh, they hang his jersey up, 
and he talks about his girlfriend who's too young. Too young to remember he's him like, playing in yeah, Pittsburgh. What's up, he baby? Don't give a fuck, man. He don't give a fuck, It's dude. like when someone took a picture of him with a girl. That girl he didn't, didn't remember. He didn't give a fuck. She's like, you got to give me 50 grand. He's like, fuck you. Yeah. Take this, go ahead. Put that. He's just like looking the other way. Go he's ahead. Like, put it on go social ahead. media. I'm not married. I don't have kids. Right. Give a fuck. He's about as cool as you can get. Honestly, man. His, about as cool his as you can cool, get. The level of coolness just went up even another level, dude, it's after even seeing him kind of interact, how everybody re- reacts to him. They're like this. Like, this well, guy's out there for practice. Dude, he's skating in warm-up. Has that ever happened with another team? I don't think so. Has that ever happened with another, another He took warm-up, too. He took warm-up. That's what I'm saying. He's cruising around doing lines with the guys, like fucking doing the, the all and four then they lines, lose breaking the game. it out, then they lose the game at the end. Fucking kidding me. They lose the Not game having Jake again so hurts them. Yeah, dude. Hey, if I'm a team out there, I know he's hurt right now. And I think the timetable for him to return is like, like he could still be back before the end of the season and all that, whatever. But Pittsburgh's fucked. And if I'm a team who's looking for a score in the offseason, that'd be my number one target. I, Jake Gensel's is one of those guys who you just he's good. Dude. You know that he he's no maintenance. Mm-mm. You just look at him. You know he's no maintenance. He's always going to be ready to go. Yep. And no matter where he plays, he's always going to be good. He's not he's like he doesn't, he doesn't act like a superstar. He no. doesn't demand attention. No. He just does it, and he does it in the playoffs too. So, yeah. But if I'm if you're Kyle Doobie, are you like, fuck this, I'm blowing it up? Why don't you add another old guy? Yeah, add somebody older. Are they the oldest team in the league? I think so, yeah. Well, let's, let's just get older. No. I think it's past now, man. They don't Trade have for it. Ovi. They don't, yeah, get Ovi. Dubas. Get, yeah, get Ovi. <laughs> Who else should they get? Yager. Giordano. <laughs> Giordano. <laughs> he already had him in Giordano. Toronto. Sign Yager. Yeah, sign Yager. He probably tried, sign to, back. probably tried to sign him before he left town. They, they're in a jam right now, man. Like, they, they, they don't have it. They completely collapsed because of the Kings. The Kings are starting to rock and roll a little bit the now. Kings have it going on now. You know what? They got yeah. that boost. Not good for the Blues. A couple of games ago where they, uh, they scored late against Boston to tie it up. I don't know what Boston was doing, like, off the faceoff there. They just left Kopitar, like, wide open by himself in front. Yeah, dude. And like these guys are so good. Dowdy sees him wide open in front, and it was just like a bang bang, little easy wrist shot right in front, and he deflects it. It's like they've done it five thousand times in practice. You know, like it, a lot of guys would like maybe miss the puck, maybe or like the goal st- the goalie still makes the save. They just made it look so easy. And then on the game winner against Pittsburgh, how Kopitar just knocks the puck down or whatever. Was it against Pittsburgh who they play uh, the second game? They're uh, Pittsburgh won, uh, or uh, L.A. and their whoever they beat the other day, man. Um, but Kopitar just knocks He's the puck good, down, and uh, I think Kempe scored with like three minutes to go in the game. Shorthanded, by the way. Yeah, no, that was yesterday. Yeah. yeah that was against Pitt. Yeah, it was against Pittsburgh. Kempe fucking scored that. Shorthanded, man. They were on a two-on-one. Yeah. And Kempe had a Kempe could have either passed or... He had there. options. He yeah. had options. And he's like, yeah. no, I'm going to go five-hole. But do you see the play by Kopitar at the blue line, yeah. though? He's good, dude. Kopitar, if he played in... Like Toronto, or the Rangers, or like I mean I know everyone recognizes him as a Hall of Famer. He's not and whatever, loud, dude. He's not loud, but dude, he he's played forever. He's put up he's ton solid. of points. I'm just saying he would be recognized for being as good as he really is. I think, I think people he's know. I think pe- I don't think, think he so? is. But it's like, it's almost like Drew Doughty, man. Like these guys, he's huge. You're playing on the West Coast. You you just don't get as much attention. It's just the reality. They got a plunge. They're probably like, I don't give a and fuck. And they've won cups. They don't. They don't. You, they think, don't. you think him sitting no. on his back patio Does not care. with a fire going, Does looking at the care. beach? Get out of here. Does not care. Exactly right. I got to give a, our boy a shout out. 
the con dog, Bedard. Oh, good, yeah. Good for him to come back, man. Looked pretty good the other night. I got a 12-year-old out there with his uh, he, bubble. I, and then he's like, uh, he's in the uh, he's in the scrum. And some reporter asked him, uh, what was the word they use? I forgot. Is it uh, transitory? No. So, it's a big word. Like, I have no idea what that means. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, what an idiot. I'm like, no, dude. Like, he didn't go to school. <laughs> you yeah. Know? He doesn't. Yeah, but like he didn't talk to people. People that who, use who maybe huge, did go to school would that, that have an enhanced vo- vocabulary. If you're a writer, mm-hmm. you better have an en- enhanced vocabulary. Connor Bedard doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. He needs to go play hockey. Why were they so, chirping him? Yeah, because he didn't know what it was. He forgot what the word was. So something about being Terrence. resilient and whatnot. Can he score goals? Can he score goals? Are you a good guy? Can he tend into it? Can you tend into it and rip fucking pucks <laughs> and come back from a jaw injury so and still dominate? Good. I love that kid, man. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for him. I'm watching Macklin Celebrini, by the way. I watched some college hockey on Friday night. Yeah, I saw And some he's of that. damn good. But, you know. Is he the con dog? No. Okay. He's, he's not. And there's two con dogs, so you can, like, you know. No, the smaller one, the younger yeah. con dog. Uh, no, he's not. Bedard. No. I think he's good, and he's going to be a good NHL player and probably make a lot of all star games and play for Canada in the international competition. And who knows? Maybe he'll be a Hall of Famer one day. But he's not. This automatic that we've seen walk into the league, like the Crosbys and the McDavid's and the Bedards, yeah, that we've seen McKinnon's. McKinnon struggled though. He did. He struggled when he came in. He did, but oh. then he got red hot in the playoffs. Can we give Petro a shout out. Hell yeah, a thousand, give him a thousand shout outs. Love him. Love you, Petro man. Yeah, good for him. Carlo was there. Koliakov, yeah, we love too. Hanging out over there. A thousand games. Hey man, man. Uh, send Petro a text. The reality is, seen just about every game that he's played for the most part. In his career, dude, he, I'll never forget when he first came in and they sent him back to junior not once but twice. Oh, I was there. Um, There was, I don't want to, I don't want to call the guy out, but I had somebody in the organization who no longer works with the organization say to me when he got sent back for the second time, I don't know if he'll ever be able to play. (laughs) About Alex Petrangelo. Wow, dude. You done fucked that doesn't one doesn't work in the organization. So I want to make that clear because there was nobody who's yeah. there now. I could see people. But they said, I don't. And, and, I, and I will say it didn't sound as crazy at the time because he wasn't ready to play in the NHL. No, but you saw him in practice. I remember sitting with uh, Danny Highnote and McKee, and he walks mm. in. And we're like, ah, <laughs> look like Andy Dufresne walking into the fucking prison yard, like a tall drink of water. And we're like kind of laughing. And he goes out there and you can just tell he's just like, and you're like, oh, God, he can really? move. Kind of dangling Walt, dangling a couple he's guys. He's the guy that makes it look easy. He made it look easy. We're like, oh, shit, this, mm-hmm. this motherfucker's good. Yeah. And uh, in Petro, man, he had a hell of a career. You're still going. Love to see you in a blue note still. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's business. It is what it is. But a little shout out to you, man. Damn good Let's career. Let's get it going, Columbus. Columbus. You love Columbus. I just want to, it's go time. It's go time, dude. It's go time for a couple teams. It's go okay? time. Let's Arizona. Go oh, Arizona's got to go. Fucking Calgary. Arizona. Calgary's losing. Fucking, who else am I thinking? Anaheim needs to get going a little bit. Anaheim. We thought they Jesus were good for like Christ. the first week of the season. Figure it the fuck out. Who am I missing? He on? will, though. I think, I think Verbeek And on the will. East Coast, you know, like Montreal's still in a fucking jam. Toronto, I'm sorry, but. You know, you're you're there. You got all these guys that are fucking superstars, man. Even Willie Willie Nylander, who we love, five hundred points. Like you got guys, dude. You got guys. Hey, you better figure it people out. People chirping me about uh, 
because I was talking about Montreal. They're like, oh, they've got some players coming, Lane Hudson. And so I, said, I watched Lane Hudson play several games now. He's going to be a good player, but he's not coming to save the franchise, okay? <laughs> they don't have anybody to save the <laughs> he's not right com- now. He's uh-uh. not Quinn Hughes. He's not McCarr. You need a goalie. You need a monster. So I like Lane Hudson. You know, He's good at Boston. Yeah. But he, he ain't coming to save the day. I think it's a sneaky team right now. They got the other one, you know, whose parents French, French kissed. When he was oh drafted. God! Don't hey, note to <laughs> self. That? Don't have your parents French kiss when you're drafted. You, yeah, it's now it's about you, psycho. Like don't French kiss. Give a peck. No, give a they, fucking hug. They gave. They went. You might as well bang each other in mm-hmm. front of everybody. Like what's wrong with you? Oh so weird. We didn't even talk. Can I just real quick though? Because I want to get your thirty second take. What we didn't talk about the uh, the sausage vest. Where. <laughs> waste management? Yes. Oh, fucking swinging dicks everywhere. Which apparently, by the way, I talked to people who go there and they're no, like, there's no, chicks there's cruising. chicks everywhere. They're just I not know. like by the ropes. It's a bar stool kind of like a fratty kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. It's just not my jam. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was hooked up, they're down, like, I'm wasted. And like they're, they're falling in, in mud. mud. And then there's like women walking by with their like beautiful white dresses on, like trying to like show off. And the guy, this one guy's like falling down, like blah, 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 blah. He's like, rawr, rawr. and these poor women, beautiful women walking by and he's like stumbling into him, hitting women in all white dresses. And they're like, oh my God, mud everywhere. I don't fuck with that shit. Mm-hmm. Unless I had like a box with this where we're doing shit, like I'm not hanging out with a 50 So you wouldn't want to go to that? I, I mean, think we'd have fun at it. We'd have fun at anything, but I would be annoyed by, by, by dudes, you know. Like drunk dudes? Drunk dudes bumping you like, yeah, golf! <laughs> Dumping beer they'd on me. Come like, in like, uh, get the fuck off no, me. No, they'd come in like, uh, you know, slam their glass bottle on top of yours. So it, like, it you pumps know, up. <laughs> like, you fucking idiot. I'll dump it all over you then. Now, now you owe me a beer. Andy McDonald all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, and it go, yeah. It just, that's just too much. That's too much for me. Mm-hmm. You're... Your girl got inducted. I, who did? Oh, Brittany BG. I got a lot of messages wow. about BG. Very emotional. Wow. Um, and she, even, she, she was. You see the dunk she fucking threw down? Was it a windmill? People are chirping that All Star game, by the way. Excuse the NBA All Star game. Did you hear about Kenny Smith? No. What He's getting bashed. What did he do? Because he said she should be playing with dolls or he, something? Was that her? No, that was. Was that him during that, the No, that was like somebody else chirping Kenny Smith. Kenny Smith's like, yeah, that was a good uh, three point uh, thing, but, uh, you know, maybe um, she should. I think Kenny Smith was trying to like be like, oh, she should do the the women's rules where the three point line's closer. Yeah, and if you're not going to do that, then you might as well give her. And a he's r- a former like three point, yeah, you know, sharp shooter. And he's a good dude, and oh, like he says awesome, the right thing dude. all the time. I love Kenny. But he's getting bashed Why? by people, the because, Twitter people, because like they were yeah, the offended. Nerds, the, because you can't, you're not allowed to, you're not you allowed can't have fun. You're not allowed to chirp WNBA. Mm-hmm. You sure? Who you better not. You could chirp the NBA players, uh-huh. but not the WNBA players. Yeah, and so he kind of he didn't even chirp them. I think he was just saying something effective, like, "Well, she, maybe he they should use a regular ball mm-hmm. if they're going to do all the they're going to do the regular three oh, point." So she she was using a woman's ball. Yeah, was she shooting from the women's three point no, line? She was shooting from the men's three point line. Well, what's wrong with saying that? Well, why are you using a small ball if you're going to do the men's thing? You might as well use a men's ball. Oh. Well, she's uh, used to the women's that's, ball. That's, I, I don't have okay, a but that's, issue with it. That, but that's but my, who's the one who said that she should be playing with dolls? Whoever they were with. Was it Jefferson? Who, who, <laughs> I don't know. Who I, was it? Because I just saw the clip on funny. Twitter, dude. But he's getting bashed. And I'm like, he's joking, Kenny's like a good man. dude, Kenny's man. Like, fucking funny. He's hilarious. He cop- Like, you're chirping Kenny after what Shaq and fucking Charles say. Charles fucking bashed San Francisco, too, by the way. San Francisco Barkley. or San Antonio before? 
San Francisco. Oh, at is the, that where the All Star game I believe was? So, Golden State. Yeah. So like San Francisco. It f- wasn't in Indy. I don't know why he's chirping San Francisco. I don't know where it was, but he was chirping San Francisco, and I kind of dude. Everyone's up. chirping the whole NBA. Fuck the NBA. Like people are like, if you don't care, we don't care. Fuck the NBA. And, God, yeah, and like boring. and like Larry Bird prior to the All Star game. I like him. He was like, hey, please try. I'm watching like old school videos of uh, like, you know, Elijah Wan and Michael Jordan and Patrick Ewing and all these dudes. Like they're going at it in the All-Star Fuck. game. Yeah, dude. I was talking about that with the old school. I'm so old school hockey guys, man. It used to be like that in the in the NHL All-Star game now. I like back the NHL in the day All-Star. too. I think the NHL has the best thing It was going. better this year. It's been, I think it's it's got been the, terrible in recent years. Compared you know to the, the big four. Like, if you think the Pro Bowl is fun, then you got... Yeah, but the know, NBA the All-Star fuck? game used to be good, Cam. They used Back to in the really... Day, not now. Yeah, but like even now. like in the Allen Iverson days, like I remember like some like hardcore fourth quarters with both teams going back and forth and like yeah. really trying. It, it, All-Star games These are guys tough. are shooting it from like their side of half court trying to be funny, like with like 20 seconds left on the shot clock. Like, what like are you Kate doing? Clark did to, win, uh, to get the... Uh, the all-time... The all-time... She's kind of cool. She gave a, uh, yeah. like a, you know, her celly. Somebody was chirping her, too. Oh, it was Antonio Brown. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you see what he said? He <laughs> called her uh, uh, Bruce Willis or something? Or something, dude. Mel Gibson. Yeah. That Mel Gibson? <laughs> He's A-B. fucked. A.B.'s fucked. So fucked. Why would he say that? Because she kind of did. <laughs> Look like it a little bit. Mel Gibson back yeah. in the 90s. That's not funny. I won't laugh That's at that. Not funny. I won't laugh at that. Caitlin cares. But BG, listen, we all hey, we all get chirped like BG, fuck. Very emotional. She's what? She needs to bring the dreads back though. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. She's still with her her uh, partner who is with her every step of the way, like doing the press conferences with the president of the United States when they're rescuing her, and she they did a full on like international trade off with Victor Boot. Which you still haven't watched. Cam will watch fucking Vladimir Putin for an hour and a half talk about the history of Russia, but you won't watch Victor Boot. I already know about Victor Boot. You gotta watch his interview. I already know about him. The arms dealer. Hey, what about uh, Luchik? He got off him. I don't know enough information. And you know what? Like, if I'm Boston, I get that. I'm like, eh, we don't need a, we don't need to hassle. Really? Yeah. You don't bring him back? Nah. I love you, Luchik. And look, man, sometimes when like we've, we've all been. Corey Perry came back. We've all, I know, we've all been in a weird situation. And Corey Perry looks good for the. Looks pretty good. Oilers, but could, hold can on, I say but one wait, thing, wait, let me let me say with some of But I, I, the whole situation's fucked, and we, it, you know, sometimes, man, you you come back home, you're both drunk, you had a weird night, yeah, shit goes down, you start yelling at each mm-hmm. other, somebody freaks out, your wife, I'm gonna, I'm calling the police. Oh god, like it could happen. Even mm-hmm. the, even I told you, Kate and I fight. The next day we look at each other like, what the fuck we just do? Hug mm-hmm. each other. You know what I mean? Like you get emotional. Yeah. Alcohol is involved. Who knows what else is involved? I think that was a situation. So she dropped everything. But it, it doesn't matter. Like it's already, hell's already broken loose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but if I'm Boston and I love Milan and he's going to be okay, but I, I wouldn't fuck with it. I would just be okay. like, no. So I kind of agree with that. That's all. That's what did Boston say? say? They're like, we're not going to bring him back on. Yeah. So. Well, they just can't take on that type of public. No, Outcry. it's not worth it at that point. It's a shame that it didn't work out for him. You know, it I was know. a exciting homecoming for him to come back to Boston and end his career where it all started. It all started where he was a big part of it. And um, so, 
We're thinking about him, man. I like yeah. him. Dude, he's a friend of the but show. But they dropped the charges. Dropped I, the charge. You know, she wasn't going to testify against him. No, I guess what? the 911 call was not admissible. I don't know what It wasn't admissible. Was. Like, it was probably just fighting and she lost her mind. She's mm-hmm. probably drunk too. Who knows? Yeah. But it's just a... But it's a shame because, like, you know, he, it's had a wake up a, call. he had a great career. It's a wake up call. And no one's going to sign him. Sometimes don't you, you got to... When you're fighting... Don't you think? No. no unless gonna, there's no like a close friend of his that's, like, involved with another team that may... No one's touching that. Like Arizona, well, maybe or Columbus. Arizona will sign anybody. They might sign hey, Yogs. Getting back real quick to, uh, and we're going to get to uh, Steve Larmer. Yeah, we got yeah. But um, like Johnny Goudreau, and I know like I, I don't you know. If, love what's up with you in Columbus? I don't know if Columbus needed to sign Goudreau either. Like, I know. you know what I'm saying? They're like, we got Goudreau. We got him. You see, guys want to play here. They they love it here. They want to sign here. It's like, we got him. But then you find out that, like, his only other options were Jersey and the Islanders, but Jersey offered him, like, 8.5. So he wants to play there because it's the most money. He's a very laid-back, chill guy. Here he doesn't mind it there. It's not like wanting out. He's probably, like, can breathe. He just, he's just chilling. See, when you li- but he's very competitive, though. He does want to win I, on the ice, man. Everybody is. But, like, if you play in – if you lose in Calgary – it's ten times more amplified than losing but I keep, Columbus. I'm like, reading about well, Columbus was like looking at talking to Calgary about bringing Elias like Lindholm. Lindholm. To, Columbus stopped trying to sign like nine million. You need to like strip it down and rebuild this shit from yeah, the ground from the ground up. No doubt. And then I like, don't stop trying to like pretend like oh, if we had this guy or that guy, hi, no, no, we're no, going to no, find no. ourselves to be competitive and we're going to win. You're not there. No. You're not good enough. It's not going to happen. Lose. And, and, I, and I hope Rick Nash becomes their next GM. Yeah, okay. Although people are chirping me for that. Be like, we need someone with more experience. Like, whatever. Whatever, then. I mean. He didn't have, I guess playing, without, it doesn't no, count. No, no. That doesn't account. He, he needs a Dubas type. He needs to have uh, yeah. scouted 5,000 games. Yeah. No, he did scout. <laughs> when you play, you're yeah. fucking scouting. He doesn't okay? know what to do. You don't think he's, he's Surround he's, him by some people that can you know, handle some You don't think he's evaluating other shit. players when he plays fucking 1,000 games? But get like, out of here. You guys wanted to go out and get Lindholm because he had chemistry with Goudreau, man. Like, he, just stop. Calm down. Columbus, stop. Figure your shit Rebuild. out. Rebuild. Jesus Christ. And then we're going to get on board with you. Because so. it's a beautiful place. Steve Larmer, tell the people about this interview. Stevie Larmer. Explain. Well, man, he's had a hell of a career. How the fuck do you go 884 games in a row without getting hurt in the 80s when they're tomahawk chopping you with fucking tree trunks? And I even asked him, like, how do you how do you not just take one off the pinky or take one off the ankle and b- break your foot or whatever the case? Like, it's so mind-boggling to me how you can go that long, especially in that era, I know. without getting hurt. And he, It's unbelievable. He, he, wasn't, he didn't play a soft game. No, whatever. he's in the mix, man. He's getting a ton of minutes. You know what I mean? Everybody in the 80s, in the 90s, like, it was, like, required for them to be able to, to handle themselves. Yeah. Remember, like, they would tell him when he was a rookie, like, you haven't gotten in your first fight. Yeah. When are you going to get in your first fight? Big difference. We need to know if we can count on you that you're going to be there on the ice if shit when goes shit down. shit goes down, dude. You're 100% right. Smoking darts, pack of cigarettes, day. I know. <laughs> you know. So he, I didn't, he's a, I, I didn't think that was him, though. I, he doesn't I, do many interviews, though. Like, so, like, he's not, like. He, but great player, Great man. player. He's a Stanley Cup winner. You know, from Keenan to Messier to fucking Roenick to uh, Sutter, Daryl Sutter. I mean, he talked about all these cats. So it's a very interesting listen. Eddie Belfour. 
You know, he's got his pilot's he license. Talked about Yogs too, actually. Yogs as well. Lemieux. So he's got a lot of shit to talk they about. They lost to Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup final when yep. he was playing for Chicago. That's when they had the movie Sudden Death come out with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm. Remember that movie in 92? No. You don't? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, sudden Death? Yeah, of course. When the now, bomb... I don't remember Sudden Death, but I remember Jean-Claude and, 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 yeah. the, and they show, like, you know, Chelios was in the movie and oh, shit. Like, okay. you don't remember that? No. Look that up. Sudden Death. Oh, Jean-Claude Chelios Van Damme. was in the movie? Yeah. That's funny. They're playing Pittsburgh and Chicago playing in the finals. How many Chelios been in? Roenick's been in a couple uh, TV series. Hey, that. but retire Roenick's number. Retire Belfort's. I don't know about Belfort. He wasn't there long enough. Maybe, maybe he was. I don't know. Uh, but retire Steve Larmer's number in Chicago. No offense. When I think of Chicago, I think, I think of, of Steve Larmer and Belfort and Roenick. Yeah. That's what I think of. And Savard. And Dennis Savard. And um, fuck, who else? It doesn't matter. But, you know, you're going to sign, are you going to retire Kaner and Taves and Keith and Seabrook, maybe Crawford, like, you got some. So gonna, I, I get that yeah. because they won cups. But like, let's recognize the guy that played almost 900 straight games for you and had like over 900 points. But we asked him too. Do they reach out to? Yeah, they invite me anywhere, and I yeah, say, yeah, I'll yes, go out he's there. Cool I he's think not he's complaining. About I think it, he's man. a recluse too. Yeah. I think he's kind of like I don't yeah. need to be in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, dear, right? He only made 900 thousand dollars as most of his uh, ever ever his, for, for a single season. Yeah, for singles. Well, that's and he's still playing in the 90s when they were still. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah, but those early 90s. I know. So anyway. um, all right, let's get to Steve Larmer. Yeah. I, if, if you don't like, if you're thinking, well, I don't really care, but I don't really know much. It's interesting. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. We always bring on interesting guests yes. for you guys, man. So, and he had a great career, man. Yeah. Um, firstform.com slash Cam and Strick. That is the link, Cam. Get to that link and get it now. Get that level one, baby. Right here. Get those energy drinks. Hell yeah. Um, the level one is what I take for uh, my protein. Uh, two scoops is like 50 gram, grams of protein. Like I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm almost there. Makes you when I have one shake, I'm almost there for my requirement for the day. Well, that's what I do in the morning time when I get up at 4.30. Mm-hmm. I'll make that shake with some frozen fruit, and it just coats my yeah. stomach because I yes. can't eat a shit ton and try to perform on the radio yeah. for three hours. Get the bars. Get the bars. Yoink. Um, get the, it has nothing to do with it. I just saw it. That has nothing no, to do with it. In it, fact, yeah. it's the opposite of first form. It is true, actually. That's associated with beer, mm-hmm. but you could yoink these bad boys too, man, these no, energy drinks. you can drinks. yoink anything, dude. I was telling you that the other day. You can open up any can and say yoink. Well, if you, do, if you do drink, First Form's your best buddy because in the morning, like, I get rehydrated yes, with the do. fucking rehydrating little packet I take and I shake it up, yeah. oh, bam, smash yeah. that fucking thing. Um, this is First Form. How's that look? It's, looks damn it's like, good. It's a hoodie quarter zip. Yeah, I had quarter zip I wore with mine the hood. with the radio. I know. And it was, I was sweating through it, so yeah. I had to change and put this bad boy. Oh, you wore it today? Yeah. Oh, we would have had the same thing. Yeah. Um, you look more jacked than I do. I do. Though, don't I? Know. Yeah. So get the. Uh, I'm thinking of BG right now too, man. I mean, she's she's going to her left, her right. Oh, she's fucking she's, six foot she, eight. She, she can barely dunk. You it's can pretty give, cool. Give it to her. In what the, an athlete. Give it to her in the low post. She may step out. Oh, sick. Somebody scored 50 points in the All-Star game. That's cool. NBA's awesome. And they were all dunks. Fuck that. Firstform.com slash Cam and Strick, baby. I put a picture on my uh, Instagram yesterday because they, they, they sell those uh, energy drinks down down there at the Enterprise Center. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Firstform.com slash Cam and Strick. Use our link. Use our link. Slash Cam and Strick. Check that out. Yeah. All you guys. Yes. They're the real deal. The real deal. You know who else is the real deal? The Illinois Recovery Center. Oh, Cam. man, oh, man. People dude. have been reaching out to me. Have they? What do they say? Like, I think it's awesome that you guys do that. And yeah. Talk about that and help people. Well, man, of course, everybody knows somebody. And 
Chrissy Pondoff and Eric Conley are right there waiting for you to come in, man, with open arms. They have a bed available. They always leave a bed available, but they've been pretty a busy. What? A bed. Yeah, okay. A bed available. <clears throat> a what? You a can't bed. say it, dude. A bed available. I, they always have a bed available. Turn your hearing aid up. Good Lord. No, I just went. I know. Did I tell you that I just went and had it cleaned out? I saw the shit that you cleaned it out with. It's disgusting. Amazing. Gross. Just like Matt Holliday back in the day. She was so smart, this girl. It's like a a bug that went in. Yeah, she was so smart. Oh, yeah? She's like a doctor assistant. They usually are. It was like, it's like a big, loud machine. Go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, turn your hearing aid up. It's all good. But uh, anyway, Illinois Recovery Center. Of course, everybody knows somebody that's dealing with this kind of stuff, and you're not far away. Right there in Swansea, Illinois, they will take care of you. They don't fuck around there. Home of Clayton Keller. You get in there, and you get shit done. You get work done. And when when you're 30 days, I went and talked to all the patients the other day, and I could just tell the different variations of who's what. I could tell this guy's only been in for a couple days. I could tell she's been in for two weeks. I could tell he's been in for five weeks. Because I could tell by their eyes. I could tell by their energy. Their skin color. Oh, God, yes. yeah. Like a pam pale as fuck right mm-hmm. now. I could tell, dude. I could tell how this their happiness to down and out. The guy sitting in the corner who's a blues fan mm-hmm. was too fucked up to talk to me really? until he got the nerve to come over. I go, how long are you in? Five days. That's what I thought. So He had been in for five days. Only five days or four days or whatever it was. So he's going, still going through that fucking what nasty, going net, through? nasty net, Andy. Like you like withdrawal this, type thing? You're just cold. And they give you medicine to help with all that they stuff, do, dude. Yeah. So you're in a lovely bed. Mm-hmm. You you look out and the big windows everywhere so you could see the little meadow that's right by there. All that little stuff adds up. So I could always tell boom, boom, boom. But eventually he came over mm-hmm. and we sat and talked for about 45 minutes. Okay, so cool. I could just tell, but they're doing damn good work, doing God's work over there. If you know anybody that's going through this stuff, you get a hold of me, you get a hold of Eric, you get a hold of Chrissy, mm-hmm. you call the number, which we'll give you to you right now. And let them know that uh, you need help, and they will take care of the insurance, yeah. all that kind of stuff, man. They make it easy for you. That's Illinois Recovery Center. I don't give a fuck if you're from Canada, you're from Pennsylvania, you're from Nashville. It doesn't matter. They will help you. Illinois Recovery Center. IRC, IllinoisRecoveryCenter.com, 800-743-0971, Kim. Yep. That's the phone. Say it one more time. 800-743-0971. Illinois Recovery Center. Check that out. And reach out to us if you want to get in touch uh, personally with Chrissy or uh, Eric. I can help you do that. Yeah. yeah. People did chirp me about the yoink thing. Oh, they did? They're like, you're yoinking with beer. Oh. And you're, you know, yeah. associated with Illinois. I'm like, well, I yeah. mean, yeah. I get you. Yeah, I okay. Yeah. Maybe I need um, to chill out, you know? Maybe you need to get this big bottle of chew Away from, I'm hiding it's it. on the camera. No, it's and not. you need a better cup, dude. Dude, I for fucked the camera. that up. My bad. You got to stop bringing this. I, cup, I, 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 you're I, blocking I, first form. First man, I, for, I, I You're right. You My bad. My bad on that. Uh, Bellman and Bellman.com. Cam at Bellman, you get no swinging dicks. Fuck them. Swinging dicks. They're obnoxious. <laughs> Fucking Hoosiers. <laughs> Swinging their dick around, fucking flirting with your wife. Buick GMC on one Good side of the God. street. On the other side, it's a Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Cam. Good God, they're annoying. You want to go fishing, by the way? No. They're annoying. Dude. Annoying. Swinging dick motherfuckers. Fuck all them. That's not happening at Bellman. You know exactly what I'm talking about, going to a fucking car dealership. Whipping their dick out. Ooh, I'm tough. No, you're not. You did nothing in high school. I played fucking. No, you didn't. You didn't do shit. Swinging dick, motherfucker. Good God. I went into Cabela's yesterday, and I almost bought, like, a full-on, like, 
kind of like a starter's kit for like fishing and stuff. So I was like thinking, like, I'll go maybe fishing. you'll go fishing. I will with. goddamn go fishing. You just said fish. no, dude. But well, you not will. with you. I will go fishing. Oh my god! I will go. I will go fishing. I love boats. I love water. I've had boats my whole life. It's a waste of money, and everyone knows that. There's a lot of waste of money things you could yeah, buy, homeboy. Like Nothing more than a boat. Like Andy going on vacation every two seconds. Sometimes it's a waste of fucking money. That money you could put a down payment on a boat and fucking drive that thing till it fucking blows up hey. and have ultimate experiences. Your kids will love it so much if you had a boat. I will say now, this, though. I don't want you getting one because you have no idea what the well, fuck you're doing. I don't no, trust I ain't, you. I ain't driving if boat. shit goes down, Andy's going to be like, I don't know. Ty, take care of it. So I don't want him <laughs> to do that. I'm not driving the boat. Ivy will handle yeah, it. Yeah, Ivy will do it. Um, but I will say at Bellman, uh, if you have a boat and you need something to to uh, haul that boat back and forth to oh, the water. Oh, some shit got some trucks. shit You're goddamn right. Buick GMC on one side yep. of the street. On the other side, Cam, it's Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Something for everybody. You have a lot of options with that. You do. And no swinging dicks. So. And I'm being serious on the swinging dick thing. Mm -hmm. People love when I say, say that, that but I'm dead boy. serious. Hey, Danny. And Dale. Dale. And Kenny. Kenny. God dang, Kenny. God dang it. All right. Dale. Steve Larmer. On this edition of the Cam and Strick Podcast, episode number 278, baby. Love you guys. Fueled by First Form. The Cam and Strick Podcast is brought to you by First Form, baby. Use our link and do it today. www.firstform.com slash Cam and Strick. Get jacked now. They are the real deal. Get that protein. Check out the apparel. Eat those bars. And drink those energy drinks. Firstform.com slash Cam and Strick. Yeah. Now on to the interview. How are you, man? Everything good? Yeah, everything's good. What are you doing nowadays? What People, are you doing? We want to know. Uh, I'm not doing much of anything. Just uh, I got a young lad that's playing hockey in the American League for uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, which is a Philadelphia farm team, and and watching him a little bit, and uh, just had a my other uh, stepson there just had a. A grandson two days ago, so that's uh, our our fourth grandchild. So that's what's keeping us busy. Lehigh Valley, that's a nice place to play. You got a nice rink. That area is pretty cool. That was one of the nice American League cities to go to. Yeah, it is actually. It is a nice place. So it's uh, we've been down there a couple of times to watch games, and it's uh, been very enjoyable. Hey. I'll never. I remember when Scott Mellonby started like scouting, and he was like, "You know, that's the first American League game that I ever saw in my entire life." You know, it's actually pretty nice. Did you ever play in the American League? Is this the first time you've ever seen an American League game? Uh, no, I uh, my first year of professional hockey, I spent my first year playing for the New Brunswick Hawks, which was a uh, a shared team in Moncton, New Brunswick, between the Toronto Maple Leafs and. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. So I think that was 81-82. Uh, I spent a full year down there playing. Orville Tessier was our coach. And uh, Billy Riley was our captain. And I think 10 games into the year, the commissioner back then said, if you guys don't make a whole bunch of changes, you won't, you won't win 10 games this year. And uh, we ended up, uh, I don't think we lost 10 games, and we ended up winning the uh, the Calder Trophy. That's right. I read that. I could answer that question for him, well, Andy. Well, I could answer that have. question you for him. Have. So when you, when you play as long as you have, and Stanley Cup winner, played so many games, should be a Hall of Famer, according to a lot of people. Like, after hockey, are people 
asking you, presenting jobs to you, uh, working for teams and whatnot? Uh, no, when I, uh, no, when I first retired, I come back home and I went to school. Uh, and then after that, I went to college for a couple of years, took a bunch of different courses just to kind of stay in a routine and, and, and learn something, uh, got my single engine pilot's license. Uh, and then, uh, I ended up, uh, through Dougie Wilson, uh, working for the NHLPA, uh, doing, uh, some, uh, player relations stuff. Uh, did that for about seven or eight years. And, uh, you know, when, when Bob got fired and all that crap went down, uh, it was time for me to leave. So what'd you make out of all that when everything went down? I mean, that, that was kind of crazy. I mean, I imagine you're talking about Bob Good now, right? I mean, that whole, yeah situation and then having to miss a full year of hockey right i mean that's when you retired correct well from the pa but i mean uh we got locked out when i was playing we got we went on strike and i think it was 1991 uh for 10 days towards the end of the year just before the playoffs and about a month before the playoffs that was over uh, the the rights to our likeness so uh hockey cards uh any uh, anything that had our name on it and our likeness our picture and whatnot so uh that was what the strike was about and then uh two years later we got locked out uh for half a year yeah and and two years i think it was two years after that we got locked out for another half a year or whatever yeah, I'm getting so, my lockouts mixed up, man, because I'm thinking 0405 is when they missed a full year. 9495 was the partial year. So you retired after that. So you're working with the PA, and then all that went down. You got all these guys making a ton of money. And, you know, we, we ended up like transitioning into this next phase that we you have now with the cap and all that type of stuff. So and the rollback and everything that was going on. What'd you think of all these players, man? You knew a lot of these guys because you played against them even before you retired. They were young when they came into the league, but they were pretty vocal. Some were even going against the PA membership, right? Was that kind of crazy for you or no? Well, it was because it was a lot of what we had and the decisions that were made prior to that was what was allowing them to make the kind of money that they were making that at that time. And for them to want to basically it was i want my money let's go back and play that kind of stuff and you know the the kids that come in behind us can deal with the cap <laughs> as they have for the last uh almost almost 30 years now 25 years so um i think there were more a lot there were more players i think back prior to 1994 making 10 million dollars a year uh than there are today or it's just caught up to today, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Wow. You mean 2004? Are you, are you talking 1990? I mean, guys were making 10 million bucks back in 94 well, or no? Well, back in, uh, in 2004. 2004, yeah. yeah. No, I got yeah. you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Prior, to the, prior to the salary cap coming in, there were, you know, T, Keith Stachuk was making $10 million a year. Uh, Jaeger was making 12. Uh, plus, there was no escrow. You know, Joe 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 Sackey signed that big offer sheet from from uh, New York. Yeah, you know, and I think Colorado matched it, which was you know twenty million dollars a year. 
You know, they were front loading things to try and screw the other teams and stuff like that. What's the most you ever made? Yeah. Um, the most I ever made, I think, was uh, nine hundred. For real? Really? Uh, yeah. Dang. You know what yeah, that's well, equivalent the, the to? Thing, I mean, uh, uh, equivalent to in today's money? No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, you're scoring forty <laughs> goals a year, Steve. If you're scoring Shit. forty goals a year, man, you got a hundred point season. I can tell you that it's a lot more than nine hundred. <laughs> With that slap shot, baby, you'd be making twelve easy. Yeah. Well, I always say it's not. Uh, uh, you know, I blame my mother on that, right? Exactly. I I I tell her I go, oh, Mom, how come I wasn't born born in nineteen seventy one instead of nineteen sixty one? Exactly. And then I wake up the next day and I go, Mom, thank God I wasn't born in nineteen fifty one. So, <laughs> you know, every every everything is 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 you know progresses over time, and at the end of the day, you just hope that you know kids that come into the league can continue to make a, a, a good living and, and, and as much money as they can. How's your pilot's license? So was that a difficult thing to do? And do you fly around? You got a little Cessna that you rent out? Do you have? No, I, uh, I got my pilot's license and then I realized that the, the, the cost of owning a plane and keeping a plane was going to be way too much. And that it was probably, you know, I would rather be the guy sitting in the back of the plane having a beer than the guy at the front of paint, front of the plane driving it. So yeah. I'm I'm much better at the back. Hey, I've got one more question about the PA before we move on from that because I I do find it interesting you work for them. But Bob Goodenow, like, what was your relationship like with him? It's it's it, it depends on who you talk to. Everyone kind of has varying opinions, and. Did you ever, like, was it ever an issue? Like, I, I remember here, you know, kind of covering this Mike Danton situation. David Frost was an agent. His, uh, I want to say, Goodenow's son was playing for David Frost as a coach. And there was all this, like, crossover between Goodenow and Frost. They had, like, a relationship. And I'm just, like, a friend, you know, whatever. They knew each other, you know? Like, was that ever, like, talked about internally? Like, is that something you were familiar with? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we were yeah we were aware of that that uh, Bob's son you know uh, played with them and 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 Frost was the coach of the one of the teams in the in the GTHL I think at that time yeah for sure how did he become an agent he just he was able to get certified and be a be an agent well I think I think you know there's a process that you go through and I mean imagine it's a little bit harder and uh, there's a lot more you know caveats or it's a little bit stricter to get into being an agent now than it was you know 30 years ago or whatever but there was uh, still a process that you had to go through and 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 all of that so uh, i imagine he would have had to have gone through that process in order to get certified yeah so you play play a thousand games like did you did you save your money after you retired, were you like, man, I'm going to chill for a bit, kick my feet up. I can do that. I got a nice little nest egg. Or were you like, man, I got to get back to work and keep this thing going? I was a pretty good saver, I think, and and whatnot, and, and tried to take, you know, good care of myself and 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 the, and the money that I had earned and, and whatnot. So, uh, 
no, I think I've, I've lived a pretty comfortable life and been able to do the things that I want to do. So I have no complaints whatsoever. Good. Listen, man, growing up in St. Louis and, uh, and just, you know, loving the NHL and loving the game, man. I mean, I, I saw you score so many goals, yeah. man. I mean, say, <laughs> and you're always chewing gum, by the way, man. Were you always chewing gum when you were playing? Like, how'd that start? Uh, well, we didn't have mouth guards back then. <laughs> the ones that we did have, you wore on the outside. So the chewing the gum thing was a way to, it was actually uh, kept my mouth moist. So I wasn't dr- drinking a whole bunch of water and, and liquids while I was playing and, you know, getting filled up with that. So the the gum was a good way to uh, keep the moisture in my mouth without drinking too much. And, uh, you know, it was always something I could, you know, chomp down on when, when things got a little intense. How was the training back in the 80s? I'm so curious about players that played in the 80s. Like, were guys smoking darts? I mean, coming into training camp, like, okay, I'm going to do a couple push-ups here and there. Like, like you, I'm sure you, you probably still pay attention to the game. You see how guys train now. Like, how was it in the 80s? I'm just just curious. Well, I, I played 11 years in a row without missing a game, so I had a great training regime. <laughs> I don't know how you did I want to hear it. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> well, somebody once told me a dozen, a dozen a day keeps the doctor away, so... We kind of lived by that back then, but we did, you know, there were different, it wasn't as formal as it is now, I think. So, I mean, basically you were left on your own for your summer training and stuff and, and whatnot. So, I mean, I always, you know, I tried to take as good a care of myself as I could. Uh, you know, I probably smoked a pack of cigarettes a day back when I played, but, you know, I would ride the bike and, and, and try and stay in shape somewhat. But I think there were, you know, guys like Al Secord that I played with, Keith Brown, uh, Eddie Belfour. They were, you know, fitness fanatics uh, compared to what the rest of us were. But, uh, you know, my first four or five years in the league, there was really nothing in the offseason. We didn't skate in the offseason. Most of the places or you know, when you guys went back home or whatever, there was no ice in the summer. Uh, nobody really, no cities really kept the ice in or whatever. So you're kind of left on your own to, you know, do maybe running and some push-ups and sit-ups or some guys, you know, went to gyms or whatever. They're not as big as they are now, but, you know, it's different now. So, you know, we did what we could. And I think 1985 or 86, when Mike Keenan came in to coach, uh, you know, he kind of changed our dressing room in Chicago and, you know, our pool table was taken out and our, our little lounge that we had to hang in, it was all converted into a, you know, it was a gym. So the first day of cha- training camp, you walked in there with him coaching and you heard, heard all these rumors before, but now all of a sudden you see it and it's like, oh my God, the world is changing as we know it. So it changed probably in about 85, 86. So you were smoking when you, when you played like, like, Throughout your entire career, or just like the first half of your career, and listen, we've had so many guys from your era on, man. Yeah. So it's not unusual. You're not the first person to tell us that. Including so Mike. I'm not. I'm not overly surprised. But like, would you smoke between periods? And was that just like? I mean, are guys just smoking cigarettes between periods, man? It seems crazy. Although I will say this, even 
when I first started covering the league, like in the early 99-2000, there was always the odd player here and there that would smoke cigarettes between periods, but certainly not as many as when you first came in the league, you know? Yeah, no, we would. Yeah, we I think my first year in Chicago, there was eight of us that used to smoke cigarettes. So we used to smoke cigarettes and, you know, we'd have, you know, one or two cigarettes in between every period. You'd come down at the end of the game and there'd be two cases of beer in plastic with ice on it. And you'd grab a couple of beers and have, have sit in your stall and have a cigarette and just like men's hockey. <laughs> what kind of darts? <laughs> I smoke the Marlboro Lights van- and sometimes Vantage. So, yeah, you, you weren't chewing Nicorette, were you? I was curious if you were chewing the Nicorette, the nicotine gum, you know, during the games. <laughs> no shit. They never, they never had that back then. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, when I first started playing too, in the early, like in the early '80s in the old Chicago Stadium, and that there was a lot of games that, you know, on the, especially the Sunday night games where we had probably five or six thousand. Bears fans coming from the NFL game to our game, and you couldn't see the time on the clock uh, towards the end of the third period because the building <laughs> would be so filled with smoke. smoke, right? So, yeah, I mean, the times have changed. Oh, yeah. They're all wasted, too, fighting with everybody in the stands. <laughs> like, my God, what chaos. I know. Well, Love it. yeah, some of, the, some of the best fights that were, were in that rank were up in the third balcony, for sure. What about Al Secord? You brought him up, and Andy and I were talking, even when we were young, we're both from St. Louis, and our parents would take us to games, and anytime we go to a Blackhawk, Blues-Blackhawks game, you thought his name was Secord Sucks. I think children <laughs> thought that's actually what his name was. Because that he, was the chant. They hated him here. <laughs> How was he as a person? We know he was a, was a fitness guy, but he just has a crazy reputation here in St. Louis. Tell us about him. Well, Al's, I mean, he's a fantastic guy. Great teammate, number one. Uh, and just like a gentle giant away from the rink. The most polite, the nicest, kindest uh, human being that you would ever meet in your life. Uh, fabulous guy. I mean, I always say it's like what I miss, I think, about everything is, you know, Al Secord might be the last guy to score 50 goals in a year and have 35 fights. Uh, you know, back when, you know, tough guys were tough and they could also play hockey and Al was a great hockey player and he was really tough. And, uh, there were many nights where, you know, he created all kinds of space for Dennis Martin and a, and a guy like myself to be able to go out and play and, and make it a little bit easier for us. So I just, you know, I got a lot of respect for Al and, and, and the way he played and, the fact that, you know, there'll never be another player that will score 50 goals in a year and probably have 35 fights. Nope. Listen, you played a long time, obviously, with Daryl Sutter. And, and like, I've talked to, you know, Bernie Federico a lot about this, too, man. Like, he and Brian Sutter were, like, best of friends. And then all of a sudden, like, your best friend becomes your coach. It's a little bit different, right? I mean, things are just not going to be the same, no matter how much you think that they are going to be the same. So what was that transition and that adjustment like for you, where all of a sudden this guy goes from being your teammate to being your coach. How'd you handle that? Oh, not very good. <laughs> Same way Bernie did. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, 
I I drove to the I, I mean I drove to the rink almost every day with Daryl for the seven or eight years I played with him. He was our captain and and that and you know and then he got into coaching and obviously the relationship changes, you know, from that and and whatnot. And it was like that was probably one of the reasons why I had asked to get traded out of Chicago was because I would rather have Daryl as a friend than as a coach. And, uh, you know, our, our team was in a dead, you know, transitioning, I think, uh, from a lot of the guys that I grew up playing with. And, and a lot of those guys were gone and, you know, a lot of new kids and new faces were coming in and, and whatnot. So I just figured it would, you know, it's probably time for me to go. Everybody else that I've played with here has, has either gotten traded or, uh, or retired. So maybe it's my turn. What's the difference between Keenan and Daryl as coaches? Uh, not, I don't, not, not, not a whole heck of a lot. I mean, they're uh, old school, obviously. I mean, I think the thing is, is that they were what I liked. You know, playing for Mike, I didn't mind playing for Mike because, uh, you know, I didn't really know him personally and whatnot. But he, you know, kind of at that point in time in my career, he kind of pushed me into be becoming a, a better, more complete player than 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 what I probably would have been. Uh, gave me a chance to kill penalties uh, and play in in different situations like that, which was a lot of fun for me. Uh, and I think he played every game he played to win. There was no, uh, you know, he went into every year thinking that we're going to win 82 games and, and whatnot. Then, you know, he was short in his bench 10 minutes into the first period. If guys weren't going and I, you know, he just, it was, we're playing to win and we're playing on our toes. And I like that. I think from a player's perspective, I would rather I would rather lose ten nothing trying to win than lose two to one uh, playing to not lose. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, yeah. and I think that's the difference between being on your toes or being on your heels, right? And it's much more fun. At least at least you're working to try and accomplish something when you play on your toes. So listen, man, and we know guys, was, uh, you know, same way. Yeah, we know guys who play for Daryl both in LA, certainly in Calgary as well. Like I'm watching this guy, man, his post-game press conferences. I'm like, there's no way somebody could be like this miserable, like this unhappy all the time. And you hear like behind the scenes that he really isn't necessarily always like that. It's kind of like John Tortorella. You know, you, the, the more you talk to people who know him and the more you get to know him, you realize that like he's, he's a different guy behind the scenes. When you see Daryl like in a post-game news conference, like recently, is that how you remember him? Is that how he's always been? Or do you think he's changed over the years? No, I mean, I think that's, I think it's the, it's dealing with the press yeah, and the media. And it's like, you know, at some point in time, you get sick of answering the same questions over and over. And I think for some of those coaches that, you know, Daryl's not a, you know, I mean, he's not grumpy like that all the time and, and, and whatnot. He's a great guy away from the ice. I mean, he was a great teammate I had for, 
for, you know, seven or eight years and uh, had the opportunity to play with. And, you know, he had a big role in, in molding me into the type of player I became too. So, um, but there, you know, I think he just gets fed up with answering the same questions over and over and over and, and, and whatnot. And, you know, I mean, away from the game, he's, he's a great guy and, uh, and, uh, and a wonderful person to be around. Describe the scene in Chicago, early nineties. You just win a big game, United center. You guys all go out Chicago stadium. Ch- sorry. Ch- <laughs> my bad. Chicago stadium. My bad on that. And like you got Jeremy Roenick, who's a young kid. Like, like was it was it a fun place to play? It seems like a blast. We love that city, especially now after they won three cups. I mean, how was how was the scene after games? Were you like, hey Jr., take it easy tonight? You know, we got <laughs> we got a game in two days. Like, how how was it? No, I mean it's a great city. Uh, number one, it's probably one of the greatest cities in North America. And uh, it's a great place to play. They have a great fan base. And I think they really, it's that Midwestern attitude, you know, they, they, they work hard and they play even harder. So it was a fun city, uh, you know, to live and play in and, and whatnot. And I think, you know, in the nineties and whatnot, obviously I'm a little bit of an older player and stuff like that. So it was a little, you know, I didn't spend a whole lot of time going out downtown and, 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 and hanging out. And I was never a nightclub kind of a person, or I was more of a, a downtown type of a guy than a uptown yeah. kind of a guy. So you know, a lot of a lot of the kids that came in and 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 whatnot, uh, you know, they go out and have their fun, and and you know, as they should, right? Uh, who's to tell them any different? I mean, we, we just when we grew up in a different era, it was like when we would come into play in different places. We would go, you know, drop our bags off in the room and we'd all meet at a bar, you know, a couple of blocks from where the hotel was. And we would walk in there and we would throw $10 down on the table and we would have a, you know, everybody would show up and we would have a couple of beers. And, you know, you know, there would be maybe four or five, four or five guys would leave after after the, the first couple of rounds. And then the rest of us, we'd throw $10 more in and have a couple of more beers and. You know, sometimes we were out of there, you know, it wasn't until 11 o'clock at night, but it's just, you know, and then it kind of changed in the nineties as guys made more money and, and started hanging out at different places and, and stuff like that. Hey, how was Ronick when he first showed up? Were you like, what were your impressions of him? Were you like, wow, this guy is going to have an unbelievable career. Like he's an incredible hockey player. Or did you ever have to pull him aside and, and like calm him down? Like, was he loud in the dressing room? Was he respectful to the older guys? Like, what was he like when he first came in? Because he was so damn good right away, you know? Yeah, no, he was a great young player to uh, come in and, and, and play with. And uh, we had a great time playing with him, myself and Michelle Goulet, and, and tried to help him as best we could and, and, and whatnot. And he just uh, he had come in, he had a lot of energy, but he had a and he played. He played a real physical game for a for a young kid at that time. And I mean, Mike Keenan obviously was our coach at the time, and and whatnot. So you know, you know, he had Mike on him too and whatnot. But uh, no, he was a, a great kid and, uh, uh, and and fun to be around. And uh, he had he did have a great career, a really good career. So yeah. okay, I mean, eight hundred and eighty four games in a row. How does that happen? How does that happen 
in the 80s, too, when you got tree trunks of sticks, everybody's hooking and slashing and grabbing. You're falling. Your equipment sucks. How can you not just fall into the boards or take a shot off the foot and miss a game? And it's just incredible to me to play that many games in a row. How'd you do it? Well, I think we grew up we grew up playing with contact all the way up. So when we started playing hockey, you know, there was contact in might and novice and and now we have rules that you they don't introduce body contact until you're in Bantam or I think Bantam it is now when you turn like 14 years old. So, you know, we grew up learning how to protect yourself and to know how to where you need to be around the boards. I always said I don't I don't mind getting hit once, but I don't want to get hit twice. What I mean by that is you know, I was either going to be right on the, I want to be on the boards or I want to be 10 feet from the boards. I don't want to be three feet from the boards or four feet where somebody hits me and then I get knocked into the boards and get hit again. So you learned how to play uh, and you learned how to protect yourself. You learned how to take a body check. You learned, you learned how to play, I think, you know, differently than how these kids learn how to play now where they don't have to be aware of these things until they, get to junior or college or, or even pro for that matter. Yeah. But shit happens, right? Like, do you look back on that? Meaning like you could take one off the pinky and break your pinky and you're out. Like, was there any game where you were hurting mm-hmm. and you ate one off the foot or the ankle and you're like, fuck, this is a 50, 50. And you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm playing in this game. Cause I'm not missing this. I mean, I mean like that must've happened well, a bunch of times. Well, there was always, I mean, the, the first, the only day you're healthy is the first day of training camp. And then from then on, you're always playing with bumps and bruises and aches and pains, and you're never healthy. You're, you're only healthy on the first day. So, I mean, it is what it is. But there were times, sure, where, you know, my back was not good, and that's eventually what ended up, you know, pulling me out of the game. But there were some nights where it was painful to even do my skates up. Uh, you know, I hurt my knee a couple of times. Uh, or I hurt my knee once, I guess, and and it just happened to be at the right time where we had three or four days off where I could go in and get a shot. And sure enough, it fixed it up. Right. So they were all, you know, timing, I think, was a lot of it. Uh, you know, just, you know, learning how to play properly, I think, and protect yourself and and all that kind of stuff came in handy. Uh, you know, my great workout regime. Yeah. We heard, we, we heard about that. You got lucky hey, too. Hey, but 11, 11 straight years. But then you hold out. Yeah. You got this contract situation. That didn't bother you at all. You weren't worried about ending ending the streak. And what and was the team trying to use that as leverage? Be like, hey, you got to sign this deal. You got to keep the streak going. Yeah. I'm just curious how you got to that point like where you just like really didn't give a shit, man. You you were gonna do what's right was you know for you. Well, I didn't have, I had another year left in my contract. So it wasn't like I was, I could have went and played or whatever, but it was just time to go. Like it was, you know, the, the team was changing. Uh, I had been there for 12 years. Most of the guys that I had played with coming up, like the Daryl Sutters and the, the Bob Murray's and the, the Dougie Wilson's and the Keith Brown's and the Troy Murray's and the Dennis Savard's and the Al Secord's and the, they were all gone, you know? So it was, well, it's probably my turn to go and whatnot, you know? You, 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 and and they, we were always, 
we were always good enough to make the playoffs and but not good enough to you know get through two or three rounds to you know we got we had that one run in i think 91 when we we uh, got to the finals against pittsburgh and lost uh and that was you know and then after that it it, it kind of went down a little bit so it was hard to uh you know, it's hard to play when you're kind of stuck in neutral all the time. You're not going forward. You're not going backwards. So I thought maybe it was time for me to, you know, I needed to change the scenery and either go play on a real young team that doesn't have a chance to win and, and you know, play with some young kids and help them or go to a team that might have a chance to win. So then it worked out, you know, great for me, uh, you know, landing in New York and, and having a chance to win a Stanley Cup. You know, one of your guys' best teams may have been that 93 team. When you guys, I think you guys won the President's Trophy. You definitely won the division, and you get swept by St. Louis. I was at the game, oh. game four, when Craig Janney scored the the, uh, the goal off the wall where Holy and, and Belfort kind of bumped into each other behind the net, and Belfort's breaking his stick over the crossbar. What do you remember about that play? And, uh, I mean... <laughs> What was it like playing with Eddie, man, when he yeah. just loses shit all the time? We've had him on here before, yeah. by the way. He was awesome. And his whiskey's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it would have been goalie interference in today's game, so oh, yeah. that goal would have never counted. But, no, Eddie was uh, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie was he was a freaking competitor, man. A great teammate and a goalie. So. You know, you just kind of let those guys do their own thing. But, uh, no, I remember the one time in, in training camp when uh, E.J. McGuire was our assistant coach back then when Mike Keenan was coaching. We had all these fitness tests that we used to have to do um, that Roger Nielsen originally brought in. And they kind of continued it. And one of them was uh, running. And they wanted you to run five. You had the choice of running five miles or riding a bike for 20 miles. So, you know, the older guys, we all, none of us did much running or whatever. So we would opt for the bike. And then Eddie ran, the, did the run. And EJ McGuire was a, a, a really good long distance runner. So, and I think that day in Chicago was probably like 95 degrees and the humidity was really high. And Eddie, they, they had to run around the track there over at the University of Illinois. And uh, Eddie beat him by like a minute and a half. I think he, his time was he ran five miles in like 20, 28 minutes or something and beat EJ by, I don't know, a minute and a half, I think it was. And EJ was so friggin' mad. He wouldn't talk to anybody for like a week and a half. He was so <laughs> pissed at Eddie for beating him. That's how, but that's how hard Eddie worked, right? And, and he would get you know, and there were nights when we were playing and stuff that he would, it was almost better for us. If, if we had, if we allowed 35 shots on that, he, he had a chance of getting a shutout. And if we allowed 25 shots on that, we, we would have a hard time winning. He would, because sometimes I think he would kind of, he would, he was a lot better when he was busier than he was when he had a chance to maybe fall asleep. Eh? <laughs> Grant fear too. We just yeah. had him on. He's same kind of thing. What about what, what about Hashik though? When Hashik yeah. came in, like, were you thinking he was going to turn into the player that he was? And like, was he a little bit different? Like, we're, we're trying to figure him out, yeah. man, because some guys come on, they absolutely hate this guy. Yeah. Other guys obviously 
like him, but even the guys that hate him appreciate him for his greatness. So, like, did you, were you like, this guy, like, what's this guy all about, man, when you first kind of got introduced to him? Well, he, he was, uh, you know, Frost in Chicago and that he was one of the one of the first times that we ever had an opportunity to play with a European hockey player. Him and Frankie Couture. Frankie was a defenseman that came from the Czech Republic, and Dominic was the goalie. And you know, here it was. This guy was like so unorthodox. He didn't play net like Eddie. He didn't play net like Patrick Waugh. He didn't play net like Curtis Joseph or Grant Fuhrer. Or, you know, he just did anything he could to stop the puck. And you know, and I mean, there was always unwritten rule, unwritten rules in practice about you know you don't want to go down and rifle pucks off the goalie's shoulders all day long in practice. Or, you know, if you did that with Tony Esposito or Murray Bannerman, they'd chase you around the ice with their stick. So, you know, when, when Dominic first came over and, 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 you know, in practices and stuff like that, he had no issue with that. I mean, he was, he was stopping pucks with his head and taking them off his shoulder and did everything that he could to, to work as hard as he could and, and to become the great goaltender, you know, that he, that he turned out to be. And I think it was at, at that point in time, it was, we had both Eddie and, and Dominic and Dominic was, I think maybe a, a year and a half into kind of backing up Eddie and, and whatnot and not really getting as many opportunities to play as he, as he wanted. And, and, you know, they, they, they chose to check, you know, keep Eddie and, and they traded Dominic to, uh, to Buffalo. And I mean, he just went on and had a, a great career when he got that opportunity to be a, a full-time starter. So playing in a hardcore era that you did eighties, nineties, like who, who is a defenseman? I mean, you're getting, you're logging a lot of ice, man. You're going against top players and whatnot, but who, what, what defenseman scared you where you're like, damn it. I gotta go against this fucking guy. He's going to catch me with my head down. He might catch me with a knee. He might hurt me. Who who was that guy? Well, there were all kinds of those guys. I think every team had, you know, two or three of them. You know, Minnesota with Maxwell, and and I think St. Louis was when Schnepsey and Butcher were there, and uh, you know, Detroit had you know some some players, Toronto, and we played. Back then, it wasn't like we played, uh, you know, we would play Saturday night away in St. Louis, and then we would have St. Louis at home on Sunday night. And every weekend was almost like that. So the next weekend, it might be we played Minnesota at home on, or we played in Minnesota on uh, Saturday night, and they and then they would come back and play us on uh, on Sunday night. So most every weekend, we had like six periods against the same team. Uh, so it created a whole bunch of rivalries back then. And as you know, I mean, they called it the Chuck Norris division for a reason. So, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, you were always on your toes and you had to be aware of who was out on the ice at all times and who you were playing against, but it was, it was fun hockey. Damn right. You, uh, you and Dennis Savard, were you guys tight, like really close friends or just teammates? No, we're good friends, I would always say. Like, we played together for a long time, and, and you know, we would hang out together and 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 whatnot. And, uh, you know, I mean, Dennis is probably one of the most generous guys you'll ever meet in your life. Uh, and a fabulous person, once again. I mean, just, I had a real, uh, it was a real, for me, it was a, 
you know, a great time, a great time to play. And I had great teammates and, and, and I think, you know, you, you become a product, you know, we're, you become a product of your society. Right. And, you know, they say it takes a, it takes a, a village to raise an idiot. Well, I think they raised a pretty good idiot, <laughs> so, yeah. but I'm playing with, you know, I got to play with, you know, you know, Daryl Sutter and Bobby Murray and Dougie, uh, Dougie Wilson and, and, uh, Rich Preston and, uh, Greg Fox, Tommy Lysiak, Tony Esposito. I got to play with for a couple of years. Uh, you know, Stevie Ludzik, my good friend from, from Niagara Falls that we played junior together. Yeah. Uh, you know, Al and Dennis, Michelle Goulet, Jeremy Roenick. Um, so we always had good people around that, uh, you know, they were, Good, good people in the dressing room. They taught you a lot about hockey, and they taught you a lot about life. What about Mario? You know, you played against him in his prime. You know, I, how was he like the most difficult guy to deal with as far as offensive player? He's so big, he's so skilled. I mean, I, I, explain Mario in his prime. Well, uh, <laughs> he had a wingspan. <laughs> he had a wingspan like a condor, right? Yeah. I mean. He, you know, the puck would be on the left side, be like 20 feet from his body. And then all of a sudden it would be on the right side, you know, 40 feet away from where it used to be. So he was a friggin', he was a big physical specimen that was, he was, you know, I mean, it was almost impossible to try and take the puck off. He was incredible. But Yager too, like, I mean, cause you're playing against Yager in the Stanley yeah. cup final, like this young kid comes in. Yeah. Like his, his his name, like spelled backwards, is like Mario Junior. It's like very bizarre or whatever it is. You know, it's like yeah. he kind of had some similarities, man. Where you guys like, holy crap, this guy's going to end up being better than Mario. Which I wouldn't say that. I mean, but certainly a iconic player, though. Well, he's still playing, so yeah, he must true. be doing something right. But <laughs> but he, you know, but there's another guy that's like another six foot four, six foot five, six, whatever, two hundred and forty pounds you know, big, long-legged, you know, you know, learn, learn how to use his body, protect the puck. And, and the, between the two of them, I mean, it was, it was damn near impossible to get the puck off them. Do you, so, do you watch hockey now closely? Do you watch current yeah, games? I watch, yeah, I watch it. We get, I mean, that's the, the byproduct of living in Southern Ontario is, we just get inundated with uh, Leaf games, unfortunately oh. or fortunately. <laughs> what do you like about the game now, and what don't you like about it? I mean, it's completely um, different. I mean, completely different. Yeah, I, well, I'm I'm not a, uh, you know, I don't, I, you know, when we grew up and we were taught how to play, it was always stick on stick, body on body. So in today's game or whatever you. You know, guy's got one hand on a stick, and you and you knock it, and it knocks out of his hand. It's a slashing penalty. Oh my god! Well, in a slashing penalty back when I played was when the guy broke a stick over your arm. Yeah. So there's just different ways that they're interpreting the rules that maybe, you know, what we had to go through when we played as opposed to what they have to go through when they, when they play right now. But it's it's nobody wants to see anybody get hurt, but you should not be allowed to go through the neutral zone with your head down, reaching for a puck and then get hit when your head's at, you know, hip level 
and somebody's getting suspended for five or six games because there's no, but that's how these guys have grown up playing. And I understand that. And the game is, it's changed that way. And nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. You ever get a concussion? Not that I remember. (laughs) That means yes. I don't think so. Hey, I got to ask you about this. Go ahead. I was going to say, I had Gary Nyland hit me one night when he was playing for the Maple Leafs in Maple Leafs Garden. He hit me into the boards one night and my shoulders touched under my chin. That that was sore. I'm sure the spotter made you leave. I'm sure the spotter made you leave the bench. (laughs) The spotter. No, I just, it was, I couldn't breathe. And then when, when... I made a really nice backhand pass up the middle of the ice one night, and about three steps later, Wendell Clark put me on my ass, and that was another one where it was I, I didn't think I didn't think I was going to make it. I thought oh my, my whole chest had collapsed. He hit me so hard. Hey, I got to ask you though, I did. man. Like the experience of playing with Gretzky in the '91 Canada Cup, man. You're on the same line with him. You lead the tournament in goals. I think you were one point shy of him. But he took that hit from from Gary Suter, man, like into the boards. I mean, I, it's the hardest I've ever seen Gretzky get hit. And he tried to get up. He couldn't get up, ended up leaving the ice. I think he missed the first month of the season after that when the NHL season picked up, man. Like, were you on the ice for that? I remember Hawley was on the ice playing for Team USA, and he was like asking Gretzky if he's okay, man. Where, where, do you remember the hit? Like, were you on the ice for the hit? Like, what was – your guys' reaction, knowing you were losing Gretzky, like he wasn't going to be available for you guys the rest of the tournament. Well, I mean, obviously, you losing the best player in the world is not a good thing, yeah, right? So, you know, obviously, you're upset about that, but I'm not sure what happened on the play or if I was on the ice at whatever, but I think it was something. He went in the corner. They were in the corner, and I think Wayne went to spin and turn or whatever, and, and Suter just came in and, hit him on the numbers from behind into the boards or whatever. So, I mean, obviously the rules are different now than what they were back then because that's probably a 10-game suspension now. Oh, yeah. But back then, you know, you know, most guys wouldn't wouldn't do that. And, you know, if they did, it wasn't like it was intentional. It was kind of, you know, you're kind of taking the angle and, and then all of a sudden the guy turns back into you and you hit him and whatnot. So... I mean, it's not fun to see anybody get hurt when they're out there on the ice, and especially for us at that time when you're losing, you know, the best player in the world uh, playing in a tournament like that where every game is so important. I think he uh, he was he was chasing down a puck. He and Chelios actually went into the corner first. He spun off a of Chelios, and then Suter just comes in. Although I saw you do that to Trent Yanni one time, Steve yeah. Larmer, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You did hit, and Al McKinnis was on the ice, man, and I was like wondering if Al was going to come slash you, jump in, but like, you're right. Guys are getting suspended for that now, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, Trent probably deserved it. <laughs> hey, what do you think of... Uh, like, I don't know if you paid attention late, recently, but, like, what do you think of some of the antics? And I don't really care. I, the game changes and, and, and shit, but uh, but you got guys taking slap shots in the empty nets. You got guys doing the fucking little gritty, which you probably don't even know what the fuck it is. Neither do I. You got guys doing, you know, uh, they're up by six, and maybe they'll do the Michigan goal and what. Like, what do you what do you take of all this new antics that the NHL kind of, you know, presents to us now? <laughs> it's like this thing with Morgan Riley. It's like. You know, everybody's right. 
right? Like, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, the kid took a slap shot into your net from the top of the crease. <laughs> you know, he's he's telling you, fuck you, right? Yeah. I mean, whether, you know, anybody wants to believe that or not, and then, you know, Morgan Riley reacts the way he reacts, which, you know, in our day, that's exactly what would have happened, right? But, you know, it's a different world today. And, you know, he, he scored a goal into an empty net. Okay. Guys got their little, you know, touchdown dances going on after they score a goal. That's okay. Like, I, to me, it don't really matter anymore because I don't think anybody really cares. <laughs> hey, <laughs> like, let's, go ahead. Well, it's, it's just a different world that we live in right now, right? Yeah. With everything that's going on around us. Uh, there is no, you know, tradition to history or, or you know, where you grow up and, and you know, you earn your stripes and you, and you got to go out there and you got to, you know, play hard and get on the body and get your nose dirty. And, you know, my first couple, my first year, as a matter of fact, you know, guys are always waiting for you to get into your first fight. It's like, when are you going to get into a fight? You got to get into a fight here pretty soon because, you know, we need to know when all hell breaks out on the ice back in that day when, you know, it was going to be like a five on five brawl or a bench clearing brawl, whether or not you're going to have my back. Well, they don't, you know, something happens out on the ice now and it's like everybody turns around, they look at each other and they go, well, what are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to react to this? You know, should we go over there and just chirp them or do I cross check them in the head or? You know, do I punch him in the back of the head or, you know, we just had a, uh, I was just in New York and did a thing with uh, Adam Graves and Jay Wells and, and, uh, uh, oh God, who else was there? Oh, Stephen Mateau. So, you know, and it was like, man, I, Jay Wells was like, when he played in LA, when I played in, in Chicago and we played against each other for, for years and years and years. And then we end up on the same time, we end up on the same team in, in New York and, and, and get a chance to play together there together. And then boy, did you ever have so much respect for an old school hard nosed defenseman that played the game the right way. And, you know, they, it's like I told him when we were in New York, it's just so nice. I'm so glad I played when I played and I wouldn't, you know, just with guys, I mean, nothing happened until you looked the guy in the eye, you know, there was no from behind, you know, jabs and stuff like that. It was like, we're look, I'm, we're, I'm looking you in the eye and we're going toe to toe because this is what you did. And you know, you got to answer the bell and everybody did back then. Right. There was so much more uh, honesty and integrity, I think amongst the players and respect than there is maybe today. But I, I'm curious though, man, you're the first person I ever saw that took a slap shot on a penalty shot. Yeah. Like on Eddie Belfour, of all people, he probably wanted to kill you after kill you, you. Uh, after you did that. Did you know you were going to do that before you even started taking the penalty shot? Like, had you ever practiced that before? Like, what led you, you know, to make that decision to take a slapper there? Well, I was not known for deking. Uh, I, I had a broken finger. I had, I had ten days. Prior to that, and I broke my finger, and I just put a pin back. I did just put a pin into it or whatever, and that was my first game back playing in Chicago. So, you know, it kind of was one of those things where there's nothing else I can do. Uh, so, you know, I got in, and that was 
always one of the plays when I played in Chicago and I got to shoot on Eddie all the time, I would always go seven hole, which is between the blocker and the arm or his body. Right. And, and that's where I scored. And I think he was mad knowing that that's where I was going to put it anyway and still beat him. But <laughs> the only goalie I ever deked was Mike Richter in the, in the Canada cup in 1991. And when I played with him in New York, I would always tell him and remind him that Mike, you know, of all the goals I've scored in this, in this league, you're the only one that I deked. <laughs> and then Pavel buried on that penalty shot during the finals there. And when Burry had that penalty shot and Richter stopped him, like that must yeah. have been a, that must have been pretty, you know, fun to see because Burry was dominating at the time. Skill yeah. was all hell. That's just uh that was a buzzkill for the for the Canucks at that point. Well, it's like, you know, I think one big you're always one big save away from winning and 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 that was it, right? For Mike and I mean, he really uh he could. He, I mean, you can't win championships without great goaltending, and we had that all year with with both him and and Glenn Healy. So uh, it's tough, and 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 Mike is such a wonderful person too, like a great teammate. Yeah, that's what everybody says. Everybody says it. Yeah. What was Messier like as a captain? Like you obviously played against him all those years, man. Then becoming his teammate at an advanced stage of your career, like. Was he who you thought he was or no? Oh, yeah. Everything and more. Yeah, yeah No, he was uh, uh, just a, I mean, a, number one, a great person and a great leader, a great captain. Uh, we played against him all those years and when I was in Chicago and it seemed like every year you get stuck going up against the Islanders, you know, in the playoffs when, when they won those four cups in five years or whatever. And it was hard to, Hard to ever get out of the out of that division to get to get to the other side. So, uh, and he was a big part of that team. I mean, I remember the one time in Chicago, and I thought we had them on the ropes that year, and and uh, we're playing a game in the old Chicago Stadium. I think we were tied one one, or we're up two games to one, or whatever. And it might have been the fourth game in Chicago. And because uh, I always talked to Jeff Bukaboom, he was from Lindsay here or whatever, and I say. I always asked him, I said, what was mess like that night? Because he seemed like a man. He was possessed. And he said, he never said anything all day. Never said anything at the pregame skate, at the meal. Never said anything in the dressing room before the game. And then we go to get on the ice or whatever. And, and the only thing that Mark said was, we can't take stupid penalties against this team because their power play is really good. And Mark was starting as the centerman that night for his first shift. So the first shift out there, he cross-checks Dougie Wilson in the head and gets a two-minute slashing or a two-minute high-sticking penalty, like in the head, right? Two-minute, so they kill that penalty or whatever. He comes out of the penalty box, the puck goes down into our end, and he goes down there, and I can't remember. He slashed somebody, broke their stick over their arm, and got a two-minute slashing penalty, right? They kill it, go on. And after that, nobody ever went near Mark for the rest of that night. It was just, you know, he would look right through you. It was like, you weren't even out there. So when I got to New York and had the chance to play with him, it was incredible because he, he, he made everybody feel like they were the most important player on the team. And whether you were playing two minutes a night or 10 minutes a night or 30 minutes a night, you were, he made everybody feel comfortable, welcome, like they were the most important player 
on the team and he just did an incredible job. And, and, you know, I mean, obviously Kevin Lowe and Craig McTavish and Glenn Anderson and Jeff Bookaboom and, you know, some other guys that had, had been around a long time. Uh, they were great. They were uh, fun guys to be around and, you know, get your work in at the rink and, and uh, let's go play hockey. So you guys win the cup. What happens right after that? In New York, what are you guys doing? Hanging in the locker room for a bit, and then what? Uh, I don't think we got out of the rink until about four o'clock in the morning, or whatever. Oh, and then we went, and then we went to some bar for a little while after that. But then the sun was coming up, and it was you're pretty you're pretty exhausted after playing <laughs> twenty four games in forty eight days, pale, so, dehydrated. Yeah, a little a little tired, and now all of a sudden you're getting sore. <laughs> no shit. So, no, it was good. And then I don't know what happened the next day. We were somewhere. We met down at the rink. I don't know. And we were out somewhere. And I think Glenn Healy, that was the night that he lost the Stanley Cup. Him and Nick were in some bar or whatever and put it down. And and uh, so I think they spent that night chasing it around, trying to find it. So <laughs> Did That's you hang out with time. Messier? Do you hang out with Messier a lot? Like, off the ice, man, <laughs> in New York City. Like, describe what that was like to go out with this guy. Well, I mean, he, he's, I don't know. I mean, he was, he was, he didn't never, ever, I don't, it never, never came across as being better than anybody. Yeah. You know, he made you feel like an equal and you're comfortable, you know, you're just always comfortable around him. He was a, a good, just a good old boy, you know, down to earth, humble. Uh, fun to be around. I always said, you know, it's like, man, he was the biggest kid in the candy store. He just loved being at the rank and being around everybody. And loved the game of hockey. You know, just a fun guy. What about the, uh, we are talking about brawls earlier, that, uh, and, and, and Andy and I, of course, you know, growing up Blues fans, like the St. Patrick's Day Massacre that uh, went on. I think Chaser started that whole damn thing. Yeah, he and Maybe Darren, Darren Campbell. Campbell did yeah. something, grabbing JR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what was that like? <laughs> you, you remember that? <laughs> Do you remember that? Not, not right off the top of my head, but I think, did that involve uh, Dave Manson? Damn yeah. right. Oh, yeah. Scotty Stevens, baby. Yeah, Nance. yeah. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, it was, well, it was hockey, right? No, but that's the, you know, the rivalry when you played when you played that many games against teams in your own division and, and, and it was like, you know, they were back to back. They were Saturday night, Sunday night. So, I mean, pretty much every weekend we had, we had that happening. And if it wasn't St. Louis, it was Minnesota or Toronto or Detroit. Um, but yeah, so those games were intense. You had six periods of, of utter hatred to each other. Hey, that 90-91 season, like that that was your best statistical season. Like you finished with over 100 points. But like Holly scored 86 goals that year, like which is just crazy. Gretzky had 122 assists. You had 101 points, which was 10th best in the league. I mean, like guys were scoring 100 points, man, Shit. which is just crazy. But playing against Holly in his prime, man, like when he's scoring 70 plus, you know, those three consecutive years, 86 like, what would you guys talk about, like, prior to the game to try to stop this guy when he and Adam Oates had their thing going? You, you, I mean, you're always talking about you got to hit him. You got to, 
you know, you, you can't let them get set up. You can't let them shoot. You can't, I mean, it's like the same thing with against playing with Wayne. It's like, you know, his, his number was always circled on the board. You got to hit him. You got to play him. Well, it's easier said than done. And the thing with Brett was he always found these, he always went to the soft spots. Like he would be in between. So he would create confusion. So, you know, the defenseman would be like, well, he's out. He's just out a little too high for me to go out and challenge him. So he's got to be the winger's guy. And the, and the winger that's covering the point, too, is saying, well, he's probably in a little too tight. So he's probably the defenseman's guy. And therefore, nobody would ever take him. And he would find these little soft spots. And Otsi could, you know, you know, thread, thread a puck through the eye of the needle. And, uh, uh, you know, next thing you know, it's in the net because he could shoot so good. But he would always find these soft spots and, and easy spots, and he had a great shot. You know, he didn't miss the net very much. Uh, he always hit the net. So, you know, you're always letting the goaltender make um, the mistake that way. So it was all good. Hey, a couple more things for you, man. You've been great. You've been we awesome. appreciate it. But I, I got to ask you this because somebody told me this a while ago, and I'm curious if it's true and if you even knew about it. But apparently, I was told Keenan had a trade. Like when, 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 when Lindros was traded to Philly with all that going down in Quebec, Keenan was trying to bring him to Chicago. Like he had a deal yeah. wherever Keenan was at the time. And you were part of the trade. Like you were going to be going to Quebec, I guess, or whatever, right? Yeah. As part of that deal. Is that true? Yeah. As far as I know, half our team was going to Quebec. <laughs> so for Lindros. No shit. Yeah. Well, we had played with Eric, you know, Mike had coached him in 91 at the Canada Cup. He played in the Canada Cup with us as a, as a player in 1991 and then came back and played junior for that year that Quebec had drafted him because he didn't want to go to Quebec. And then they pulled the trade off with Philadelphia. So, How, how was he? Like, did you look at him like, good Lord, Eric? what a freak. <laughs> Eric, yeah, like he was different than everybody else. Well, it was a you know, big physical skilled guy, right? Played mean. hard. Yeah. Mean. Yeah. He was great. And a great guy off the ice too. So but you you knew he was gonna be great, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So listen, the hockey hall of fame, I hate even asking people like, yeah. you know, yourself and like Keith Kachuk and Ronick and these guys, man, who aren't in. Cause I mean, what are you supposed to say? Like Almost. it's 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 uh, McGillney. It's like out of your <laughs> control. But I will ask you, like, do you think about it? And why do you think you're not in? Well, I don't know. I think it's a special place for special players. And, I mean, I don't know that I played long enough or scored enough or whatever. But, you know, it is what it is. You can't go back and change anything. And, you know, Father Time catches up with all of us. And, uh, you know, I had my my time when I played and I had a lot of miles because of the games in a row that I played. And, and I think everybody's got an odometer and it just runs out at, at, at when it runs out. So it, it is what it is. I had a great time playing and uh, I got to play with and against a lot of great people. So I'm just happy for that. 
Okay, but I don't understand why your number isn't retired by the Blackhawks. I will say yeah, that. Like, like come on, write an email. Co- come on, Chicago. Come on, figure it out. Retire this guy. He played. He no played shit. every game for eleven straight games. Like, I know. I think you had over nine hundred points or something like that with the Blackhawks. <laughs> come on, and you finish your career with over a thousand. Obviously, man. Like, what's your relationship like with the Blackhawks? Do you get back there? Like, do they invite you to come back for stuff? Like, you think they're mad because you wanted to trade? Like, is there a carryover because of that? Because you know, they're going to start retiring Kane and Taves and Seabrook and Keith and oh, shit. you know maybe Bedard. maybe Crawford. Bedard's getting his jersey retired after this year. So, I mean, come on now, Ronick. You know, like Fuck. at some point, you would think that you guys would, you and Ronick, man, would get your jerseys retired. You know. Well, but they all won cups there, and and I kind of just, well, with that, and I think that's an important thing, yeah. you know. So um, it is what it is, and I have a good relationship with them. I, you know, if they call me and they need something, or if they want me to come in and do something, I have no issue with that whatsoever. So yeah, it's all good. I mean, life is too short to worry about the the small stuff and and whatnot. So. Hey, All listen, good, I love I love your attitude towards yeah, that, man. man. And those guys do deserve to have their jersey retired, no yeah. doubt about it. Hey, listen, congrats on a great career, man, and thanks for doing this. We thanks, appreciate Stevie. it. Oh, thank you. The Camastrick Podcast is brought to you by Bellman. B-E-H-L-M-A-N-N. Bellman Automotive, located where? Troy. Troy, Missouri. Buick GMC on one side of the street, right on the other side, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Get yourself some new wheels in time for the winter. All right, that was Stevie Larmer. Stevie Larmer. Number 28. Used to chew gum, dude, every shift. I, if I had to ask him, and he, he didn't wear a mouthpiece to so kind of like... He said it, it made his mouth moist. Watery, moist. My wife doesn't like the word moist. I don't blame her. Neither does my she wife. She hates that. Uh, when the we number had our, one uh, most annoying word in the world is, is moist. moist. Get out of here. So I thought it'd be vagina. Well, when my wife was having our first baby, the doctor kept coming in and asking and using that question and she was like hey i need you to stop asking me that and ask using that that word like you just gotta stop using that i mean it doesn't bother me it doesn't bother me you want things to be moist when you're in the sexual realm of cookies for example you know i'm saying like you want your you want to be i I, I understand that beating that up Okay. The same. Oh my God. Well, you, you know, don't have the, to take it to such a level. Well, if if a girl's really dehydrated and you have sexual intercourse with her, you oh, can tell. Oh yeah. Sometimes. Sandpaper. We're doing a bunch of coke. Oh, really? really? I'm saying a really oh dehydrated. Back in the day, eh, mm-hmm. you would always know. You know. Oh my God. I know. What stood out from Stevie? What? <laughs> <laughs> what stood out from Stevie? I like Stevie Larmer. Great shot. Yeah. He takes slap, oh, he's slap shot took guy. a slap shot on the penalty. He's a slap shot guy, On man. a penalty shot, dude. Against Belfort. Belfort probably wanted to kill him after he did that to Belfort. Yeah, probably. And they knew each other, obviously. He went through a... He, he played for two really cool teams. But that's how bad he wanted to get out of Chicago and not play for Daryl Sutter. Yeah. Anybody, he was buddies with Daryl Sutter I know. until he started coaching. Went to him. the rink with them. It's kind of like Bernie Federico and Brian Sutter here, well, man. They were like best friends. Went to the rink every game day together, yeah. and then Brian becomes the coach. Like, it's just not the same. It's just like having a buddy. Say you're best friends with somebody, and all of a sudden, he's your boss. Mm. I'm your like, boss, dude. Are you? Yeah. Are I, you? I'm your boss. <laughs> Cam works we, for me. We work together. <laughs> but if somebody was your boss in a hierarchy than you, when you guys were equal your mm-hmm. whole life and mm-hmm. your buddies, that could yeah. that could hinder your relationship. I know. Can I give Reed Lowe a shout out? Of course. Um, so Lozy, I interviewed him uh, for fun on the Jumbotron the other night. Oh, okay. And he was all fucking, I mean, he's having he a good said, time, dude. Yeah. But we kind of brought the house down, and people loved it. 
Really? And like people from the Blues were like, that was, the, we needed that energy in the building. It was the McDavid game. So everyone was just, that's what I'm saying. There was so yeah. much energy in the building when McDavid and Drysaddle came here. So you finally and, interviewed him after you screwed him over yeah, last time? Yeah, the first time. Yeah. And uh, it was funny, man. It was funny. Well, what would he say? So we, we talked about a bunch of stuff, actually. But, uh, oh, on, on camera, like on the thing? Oh, um, well, yeah. What was funny? I actually, what he was did say, funny? He did say something funny. He was like, uh, I love having Edmonton here. I'm just glad that I don't have to fight uh, George LaRock or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or Stevie McIntyre. A little shout out, Big baby. Stevie. What up, baby? What's he doing right now? Fucking cowboying it up like Roping. a shit-kicking motherfucker. Like the shit-kicker he is. And he's probably listening to us because that's what he does. Give Brent Myers a shout-out, too. Man. I know. Still, I, he listens all the time, His man. kids are adorable, by Oh, the my way. God. They're that so hair on cute. that kid. Brent, dude, you got a good thing going, man. He does. I've been watching a lot of Billy Tibbetts. <laughs> Still? Oh, does he, does he have new content out? He, every day, Billy. Should we get him on or no? You think we can handle that? Can our audience I think he's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like uh, fucking Billy, man, like, you know, he's got, he's under the category of, of what? A predator. Oh, gosh, Still. he is. Yeah. So he moved out of Boston, dude. So these cops bang on his door. And he filmed it? Yes. They're like, we're just checking up. Because we have to do this every month or whatever. And oh, he's like, you really? fucking mother. The cop played it cool. But Billy's like, fuck you. I think he's a sick of all Why do you do that? I, I, when you, do you talk to police like that? God. I, I'm like, God, I, no. Just, I just don't have Dude, it if I get me. pulled over, hands on the wheel, lights on, roll down the windows, everything ready to go. Here, you see my hands, you see everything. Fucking A. I don't give a fuck if I'm pulled over in Eureka. Or that's my town. It's my town. I know them. I would still roll everything down. Boom. Turn on every light. Make sure. Have everything ready to go. Hands on the wheel so they just all know. Like, we good? Okay, here you go. Boom. That's what you do, man. Yeah. That's what you, know, you do. I had a buddy in just high school respect who would, like, drive me home. He was, like, kind of that crazy guy who would, like, yeah. give people lawn jobs all the time and just... You mean a Hoosier? Yeah, he would That's just a Hoosier he would drive thing to do. like super fast all the time. Just I, I hated being in the car with him, but if he saw a cop going the other way, he would like flip him off. Your buddies and, are stupid. No, this guy. He was in my brother's grade. And he would drive stupid. me home sometimes, and I'd be like, "Dude, get me out of the car!" And like, one, get me out. And one time, a cop turned around and like pulled us over. I don't blame him. Scared the shit out of him. Don't ever get into a car with somebody that's trying to show off his car to you. Just so you know, I never, am always never. And you, so with your goddamn daughter, don't fuck with me on that. What? Some fucking dipshit kid comes in with a nice fucking Mustang, wants to show it off how fast it is. Mustang. Oh, God, or whatever. Or a Corvette. I hear or, what you're saying. Dude. God, don't ever get into a car when somebody wants to show you Drive how fast, fast it is. You don't know what you're no. doing? No. So I'm always... Don't ever do I that. I was always the kid. Yes, officer. Of course, man. So was I. No, man. Whatever Even you need. Eureka. What do you need? Here. Yeah. You know, like, you just... You don't fuck with that, dude. No. So... Um, yeah, you got to respect, man. Yeah. You got to show respect. Big All time. right, so we thank Stevie Larmer for joining us, man. Stevie Larmer. Uh, as always, uh, the Cannon Strict Podcast brought to you by First Form. Yep. Firstform.com slash Cannon Strict. Use our link. Use it today. Get those bars. Get those energy drinks. Lots of options for you. And get the apparel. Protein. Can't beef promise stick. you. Oh, hold on. Let me show oh, you. Oh, get some beef sticks out. God dang beef stick right here. Look at this god dang thing. This is First Farm Sharp Cheddar Flavored. Hold on. Hi. That bad boy right there. Look at that fucking cheddar in that mug. This is damn good. 20 grams of protein, by the way. Makes you horny as shit. Kate might get it when I get home tonight. She might get it because I I already ate three of these goddamn things, so I got protein out the wazoo. I'm going to do a workout 
and maybe make some sweet love to my wife. Today? Mm-hmm. I'm a walking boner right now just because of this stuff. Today's President's Day. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We talked about it. Well, I Remember I asked you who your favorite presidents are, and you're George like, uh, Obama? No, I just like, no, like uh, which presidents hey, do I remember? I'm just saying Obama would like picnic his like NCAA tournament picks. That's he just, pretty cool. That he, makes a good president right he, there. He was like friends with that like makes a good rappers and stuff like that. Of course he is. I like Reagan. You know who's friends with rappers? Huh. Trump. Yeah, no, he Until is Until he became president. No, he's still friends with them. No, they don't like no, him now. No, now they it's, do. It's swinging no, back it's now. swinging it's sw- back. Funny. Why is that? It just is. Why do you think? I don't know. He doesn't like Kanye anymore, probably, though. Kanye's gone a little bit off the deep end. He's a weirdo. Cam probably likes him. <clears throat> I don't care about him. Do you still have, like, a CD book in your car? No. Uh, your why would I have a... Oh, I drive a <laughs> free vehicle, so I don't have a CD car in there, or whatever. Do cars still come with CD players? No. Okay. Um, unless you first live, in, uh, com unless slash you live way out by me, yeah. way out there. Illinois Recovery Center, one 800 uh, seven four three zero nine seven one. Man, there's it. a bed waiting for you. Yes, there is. Message and you know, me. yeah, you, you message me too, and I'll get you in touch with Chrissy Pondoff or Eric Conley. Mm-hmm. Hell, I'll go out there and show you it. Like, yeah, Cam went out there last week. I'm gonna start doing that a lot. I'd like to go out there actually. And just no, nobody's asking for you. What are you gonna say to him? <laughs> what do you mean? So when we stand out I there, could so get, no, 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 stop. Nah, because this is like where a, I think that you get stupid. You've been good all day today. You actually had a good. This is a pretty damn good interview. This or uh, uh, episode, episode, but like, what the fuck are you gonna say to him? Like, so when we're all sitting out in the yard, mm-hmm. and me and Eric Conley, who've yeah. been through hell, yeah. and and Chrissy Pondo, who's been through hell, and we're explaining what we yeah. went through, and we yeah. know exactly yeah. how the feeling. I, I get it. Go ahead. What are you gonna say to him? I just want to be like, how you doing, man? Everything good? Like, how's your family? Your family's okay? Hey, man, you're doing the right thing, and you're gonna be, you're gonna, you're gonna be better off for being here. How do you know? God, what do you mean? Well, how do you know I'm going to be okay? I'm just asking. Because, dude, if you if you because what if you listen to Eric and Chrissy and you do what you're supposed to do, they're 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 going to help you. Okay, they're going to help you, man. That's fine. And you got to trust the process. Well, did you go through it? <laughs> oh, no, I'm I'm just saying. No, Why are you asking? I mean, so that's what you're going to say back no, to him? No, no, no. no I thought we were doing no, this. No, you know what? Okay, fine. You know Come what? On, like, no, play the I, game. No, but I've I'm just because that's no, but they're ev- hardcore. No, but everybody has no. They got no, questions but, too. Okay. Get back into the role playing. Okay, go ahead. Nope. What do you mean, though? So how do you know? Because you know what? I've, I've had family members. I've had friends who have been through this, man. What they go through? I don't know exactly what they go you're through? going through because I've never been there. I'm going through but fentanyl. I, so yeah. what, what should I do, you think? Is it going to be okay? Listen to your sponsors here, man. Listen to your people. Okay. And they're here to help. Okay. That's not bad. Okay. I'm not chirping you. But like Andy's like, I could do things like... Sometimes, like, it's I not, just want to go out there and check, guys, out, man, check it out. They're going dude. through hell. And so, like, they need comfort in the same mindset. Uh, dude, to I can comfort. I so, can, how, I'm though? Just, because you've never been through it. So, how, know that people care. Hey, listen, there's people out there that care about you. You have kids? Yeah. And they're crying right now because they want me home. You, okay. What you, should I do about you it? You do this for them. You oh. do this for them. When you're having a hard day and you're like, I can't do it, you think about your kids. Man. I like that. Just asking. Think about your family. Because I do want to take you out hey, there, but people I don't know do if... care about you. They do. Dude, I'm a people person. You know that. If they know hockey, no, maybe. Any, like anything. I don't. What other I can people? Talk to anybody. What other? What other people I, do you hang with? Although that I messed don't up ha- that interview Man, the other day. So fucking petty, dude. I can't believe it. I heard it. The very end. I'm like, ah. Uh, I just looked at each other. And I'm like, okay. Really? Yeah, but that's it. Kate wasn't like, oh my god, that was so no, uncomfortable. God no. Not even close, dude. 
Of all the things she's yeah. seen with me, okay. she thinks that's fucking nuts. That was nothing. Well, continue. See, this. that's so funny. We're talking about Illinois Recovery Center and guys going through hell with fucking fentanyl, and Andy's worried about fucking up a tiny little segment on goddamn ballets. That's where the disconnect happens. No, but like, it's all listen, good. I would, I would say, listen, I am. You are. I, your family's proud of you. I'm proud of you for being here, man. And you family, know what? Wait, wait, wait. My family's not proud of me. They hate me. Oh. You know my what? family hates me, including my wife. What do I do about this? You worry about yourself right now. I am. That's why I'm here. You get yourself better. Well, my family hates me. Hey, no, 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 no. We're not worried about them. We're worried about you. You get yourself better. I do worry and about you my got family, people. though. See I all got the, kids. See all these people here? They care kids. about you, man. That's how hard they it is. They care about not, you. We're not mocking anything. I'm just letting you know. I, I understand. It's not easy for a guy that's never been through it to go down okay, there and talk Okay, I get to it. Him. And that's the benefit for those of you out there, honestly, is that when you go to this facility, you are dealing with people who have I been mean, there. That's why I go okay, out there. Okay, I understand. I just want to support But you did a good people, job on man, that. You know? Yeah, but you don't force I'm not the being issue. a phony. Well, because, well, you're like, I want to go out there. I'm like, do you I'm not looking to? to go out there and, like, be, like, a public speaker, but just check it out, man. See the place. Yeah, all right. You know. I, I'll go I'm through like, Fuck me, dude. <laughs> like... We can't, it's like 55 degrees, and Cam's got the scarf on today. He's chirping me. I'm just trying to help people. I know, I know you are. 800-743-0971, man. It's hardcore, man. It's hardcore. But they do a damn good job. Yeah, okay, I know they do. They do. Um, it's work. You got work to do. At Bellman, you get no what? Swinging dicks. Swinging dicks. God, I hate that. I used to beat up. Uh, Your husband. Hey, is that Kane Jansen? They used to call me, all the hillbillies called me Kane Jansen at the Lake of the Ozarks mm. and stuff. Everywhere I went, like down, we go to all these fights. They call me, is that Kane Jansen? Swinging their fucking dick around, bragging about their high school days like Andy does. But they're like, I, I, I could beat Cam up. And my, your wife's like, oh, what? What's going on here? So weird. None of that at Bellman. Buick GMC on one side of the street, on the other side, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. If you need something to tow that boat, if you want something fast, you want something where the roof comes off, you want something to play with on the weekends, you want something to haul Spring's the coming. family around, dude. Spring's you want coming. something that's going to get you from point A to point B with good gas mileage, dude. They've got something for everybody, yep. and everybody gets approved. Isn't that amazing? That's nice. Everyone gets approved. Check out Bellman. Bellman.com today. All right, this has been episode number 278. Good job today, Cam. Good job. That was good. We did good. We talked hockey the whole time. We had a lot of stuff to get into. Yeah, we had to get done. Great guest on the way. Love you, you guys. Stevie. Love, Love all you. Thanks for the support. Subscribe to our YouTube. Follow us on all the YouTube, um, social media channels. We thank uh, Alex and Maddie here at yeah. Half Core Studios. Amos, Brody, Steven, Jason. Brody, Jason, our whole team, man. We wouldn't be able to do this without yeah. them. We love all you guys. Unbelievable. Uh, and um, I'm gonna go home and eat some brisket. Yeah, some fucking. Oh, ties in a championship game today. So wish us. You gotta go back there at two o'clock. Uh, two forty-five. I'm gonna go home and eat some brisket. I got brisket and turkey that I got from barbecue yesterday. I'm I'm eating the rest of it. Sounds old. Oh, it's fine. Two day old brisket. Two day old. Oh, dude, you cook a brisket. You gotta put some mustard on that. Make a sandwich. I'll 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 do that. Yeah, I love turkey with mustard. Uh, Oh, real turkey, and not like. Deli slices. You know. No, I got smoked turkey that thick. Wow. OBQs. That's oh, oh yeah, yeah, I know. We'll give them a shout out. OBQs. Yeah, OB, uh, OB Clark's OBQs. Yeah. I got a shit ton. I can't wait to go home and watch the Blues game. Do my thing. Yeah. Love all you guys, man. Yeah. Boom, baby. Adios. 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 <laughs> <laughs>